This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Tawny from the Dirty Bits Podcast, and you're listening to Busted Wide Open on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 71. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And I'm running on a Vince McMahon amount of sleep. I got four hours last night. I can only imagine how much better my life would be if I had a Vince McMahon amount of time in the gym as opposed to his sleep schedule. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, right. I'm ready for another week to talk about all the bizarre things going on in WWE. They're finally settling into a groove on their way to Money in the Bank. We're past all of these big pay-per-views the last month or so uh, and the, the superstar shakeup and so they're settling things in in the weirdest way possible a lot of a lot of these feuds and a lot of the stuff they're building the programs they're building i have to say we're going to be very wwe heavy this week yes because there's just so much to discuss over there and, and we're going to have a few rants about this this week i can already see it just in our notes and the things we have to talk about and in addition, we also have to talk about some business news. There's a lot of big business news for WWE and the indies we got to get into. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's we got some new equipment today. We're testing it out. Hope it sounds good to you guys. You've been, you've been working uh, day and night on this stuff. Uh, yes, uh, we completely overhauled the Orbital Jigsaw Studio this past weekend. You guys uh, got some fancy new gear. We've got some webcams going. And that may give you a hint as to where things are headed going forward. Because we're going to be live streaming very, very soon. Yeah, we actually have a lot of things to announce on our anniversary show, which will be coming up. Our State of the Union, State of the Podcast yes. show, if you will. If you will. If you will. Uh, coming up within the next week, we have some big things to announce. We have some things we need our listeners to keep their fingers crossed on. We might have some very big announcements fingers coming up. Uh, we do have a big second year plan for this show. We're being very ambitious. We have every intention of making this one of the premier wrestling podcast that you can find on any podcast app of your choice. Uh, but you know, right now we're still, we're still getting things set up. We're yes. getting things started here. But uh, come and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. Uh, we love interacting with you guys in there. Come follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. We've got a Patreon thing too. You can go and check out the tiers over there. But Ian, let's kick things off and really get into this. And to do so, we've got to start with the big news. Well, the big news this week, we have to talk about this. This is massive and seismic on many levels. Uh, the massive 10,000-person indie show known as All In 
which has uh, been headlined by Cody and the Young Bucks. They've been they've been driving this train. Uh, it went on sale. Tickets for this event went on sale this past week, and it sold out in 29 minutes and 36 seconds. <laughs> to say that this is a big deal is an understatement. It is officially the biggest indie show in the history of the U.S., I believe. Uh, it's massive, and for it to have sold out that quickly is insane if you're not aware of what all in is it all started about a year ago uh where dave Meltzer tweeted out that he didn't think that ring of honor or any indie could pull ten thousand seats could could sell out a venue like that and well that was off the back of the uh i believe it was strong style evolved in long beach didn't didn't completely sell well, this out. is way before that this but, is where they only that. sold like five thousand tickets yeah or it was a like five thousand uh ticket thing but yeah. it was so this has started a year ago okay and cody uh picked this up and tweeted back at him that he would take that bet he said, I think we can do that. He's I've already drawn the biggest buy rate for Ring of Honor. Uh, me and the Young Bucks are going to put this together and make the biggest show of all time. And and basically, he and the Young Bucks started putting together this show with the blessing of Ring of Honor, with the blessing of New Japan, both of which were companies that they were working for at the time. They pulled in some talent from both companies as well as a ton of other indie talent, um, which we'll get into in a second, who all is going to be there. But they officially, at this point, it's a success. A success. They, they had the opportunity to take money from some of these bigger companies, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and they said, no, we're going to do this ourselves because if it fails, we want it to just be on us. Right. It did not fail. It's, it, it, it sold out, and that is a massive, massive poke in the eye of WWE, and it's a, a big statement that has been made about indie wrestling in general and the, the amount of interest and the amount of fan attraction to that uh, that is out there in the world right now. So big props to Cody and the young bucks and everyone else who's been involved with that so far. That's unbelievable. And, and, and what that says going forward for ring of honor, for new Japan, for things like this. Uh, I mean, at this point, the imagination can run wild, not only with what these indie companies are going to be able to do or smaller companies than the WWE, basically any alternate company, uh, but also what that means in terms of how the WWE will react to this now that they actually do. Uh, we, it's, I think it's a little bit early to call it legit competition, but it does show that there is the capability to stand up to WWE and start booking these bigger venues. Now, yeah. obviously, this is a one-off. We'll see what happens. But well, I don't think it'll be the last we see of them. What I can add to that is that on the back end of things, I've been in contact with them. Uh, it's being put on by StarCast which is like the back end. That's a separate event. It's like it's like a, a podcast convention that's in addition that's going on but around it's the show be in the same kind of venue in the same area, but the show itself, right? So I've been in t- in touch with them. Uh, they have no more room. They sold all of them out. I know the base package just to be able to get onto Podcasters Row was like five hundred bucks yeah. just to have a table with two power plugs. Yeah. And it's it's amazing to me that there's been this much follow through for something that was kind of a shoot the moon venture. They were just trying to throw something together, and man, I got to give them mad props for really pulling it off. Well, and it's a whole convention. Starcast isn't just. I mean, it's a podcast based, but then there's also going to be a ton of meet and greets going on. Oh, yeah. You've got a who's who of of wrestling celebrities and et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to lie. I've got a serious fear of missing out on this, a FOMO. Like I've, yeah. I, we, to, to our listeners, we do have to apologize. As we said at the top of the show, we are still building this podcast. We are, we are very ambitious and we have every intention of becoming a premier podcast. And we are, we feel like we're on, a, we're pretty well on the way to that. Just the timing of this didn't work out, work out for us where we're not quite at the point where we can finance the ability to be there. And we did have a sit down talk about whether or not we could make it to this. 
uh, as it's going to be such a huge event. And we just didn't feel we could pull it together yeah. in time. But if there is another one, if, if it was a year uh, later on this, <laughs> and if there's another one, <laughs> damn it, we're going to be We had there. already pulled the trigger on all this other stuff that we wanted to do with you guys. It just didn't make a lot of sense. So. Yeah, it was kind of one of the others. Like, let's, do we go to all in or do we take the next step with the podcast? Yeah. And it was kind of a no-brainer, unfortunately. But uh, to talk, we are going to cover it as much as we can. Uh, we will have some people there who will be reporting for us. Uh, as far as the event itself, it has started to really come together right before they uh, uh, started selling the tickets. They announced the first official match, which is pretty monumental. I have to say, looking at it, it's Cody, uh, as you would expect, the guy who runs the event. He gets the top bill. Cody versus Nick Aldis. And if you don't know who Nick Aldis is, he is the current NWA champ. NWA currently being owned by Billy Corgan, who's kind of slow building the brand back up. And he's done a pretty good job of getting the 10 pounds of gold belt out there into the world, giving it some prestige again. Uh, Nick Aldis accepted Cody's challenge, but only if the Young Bucks face him and a mystery partner at Ring of Honor, uh, Honor United in Edinburgh. So we're already building a, a bit of a, an NWA feud with Cody, NWA Ring of Honor feud here. And you know what? I could honestly see Cody taking the belt off of Nick Aldis. As good as Nick is, Cody is stratospherically above him in terms of, of presence. And if Billy wanted to put the belt on Cody, not only would it make Cody the first uh, son of a former NWA champion to hold the belt, but it would bring so much more prestige to the NWA brand, and it would legitimize Cody as being an, an, an alternate star outside of WWE. He's being a Ring of Honor champ. Um, you know, he's had some major parts to play in New Japan. He's currently arguably the leader, if not one of the leaders of Bullet Club, which is the biggest stable outside of WWE, if not in the world. Right. So... Putting the NWA belt on him makes a ton of sense to me. Well, quick aside, if you'll humor me, uh, there, I've noticed that there's this so much cross-promotion going on between all of these other wrestling promotions, between Ring of Honor and Lucha Underground and New Japan and even AAA in Mexico and stuff. So now we're throwing NWA into that mix as well. Is there going to be some greater meta thing that's going to control who goes where and what belts go to what? Well, that I think feels like what's missing a little bit. Well, it's almost like there's more... It's, it's less that it's about just strict, hard competition. It's more about cooperation. Yeah. It's more about uh, how can we all build these wrestlers to make us more money uh, as opposed to they're ours, they're only ours, screw you guys. Uh, you know, the, with, the, with the program that uh, New Japan has with CMLL where they send people off on excursion and then bring them back, they, none of these other companies have any fear of saying the words WWE, TNA, Impact, NWA, any of the other competitors. Uh, they feel like having someone be uh, an international star and go through all, to all these other companies is a bonus and not a detriment. Uh, WWE still has a very strange kind of backwards view of all of this. Yeah. Um, it's so either WWE it's, or nothing. Right. And they're just now getting to the point where they'll admit that they're that the guys they bring in have had careers outside of the WWE. So it, it is a bizarre position. Um, but it's also it's it is just better for the indie scene for the the non WWE scene to have these people be uh, big stars. Speaking of big stars, uh, so here's who we know is going to be at the show. Uh, just a, a, a quick list: Rey Mysterio is also going to be at the show um, at the convention. CM Punk is going to be doing a, a meet and greet. I think he's I mean, having a talk at a, a pro wrestling tease event. 
is the thing. If CM Punk is there just doing a meet and greet, it is highly possible he could show up at the event itself, which would be seismic. And the, it's going to be in Chicago. That, in the roof would blow off of Chicago. that Chicago. And now it's going <laughs> to there's going to be some like how how big of a deal it will be and how big of a deal he will be will be very determinate on his UFC match coming up, I believe, on June 9th. Yeah. He's kind of got to win this one. Yeah. Otherwise, he ruins his brand in well, a lot of ways. I'll say this. As stratospheric as you put Cody over a second ago, uh, if CM Punk walks out and that Living, Living Color song hits on the Tron... The Living Color song will not hit. It'll be another song. Explode. but explode. Well, whatever it is. That place is going to explode. Whatever song. He could walk out to silence, yes. and it would be <laughs> deafening. Uh, in other names that have been attached to the event, uh, Flip Gordon is actually, I should say, is, is currently being tested by Cody if he's going to be there. So we don't know if Flip Gordon's going to be there or not. Okay. That's a fun angle. But big names. Kazuchika Okada, uh, wow. the, the man in New Japan, is going to be there. Kenny Omega, Diana Parazzo, Tessa Blanchard, uh, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, Stephen Amell from Green Arrow, who, yeah. as you recall, he had a feud with Cody with back Cody, in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be sorry, there. Stardust. <laughs> God. Uh, Matt Cross, a.k.a. Son of Havoc, Hangman Page, Marty Skrull, Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, Jay Lethal from Ring of Honor, uh, and a few others. You know who will not be there, though? Please don't say Tony Storm. Uh, no, I don't know what Tony Storm's doing. She's, you said Tessa Blanchard, and I have this weird fantasy match of her and Tessa Blanchard. Young thing. No, yeah. I don't know about Tony. She's probably going to be more with WWE at that point. But yeah, Vince Russo has been banned officially from yes! this. Vince Russo is officially out. He tried to get there. Uh, he said he wanted to be a part of it, and Cody expressly said, no, <laughs> you can't. No, you've dissed us in the past. Personally, Cody and the Young Bucks, you've, you've insulted us. Um, you said horrible things about us, and you're a homophobic piece of trash. So right. get out of here. I love the, I love the joy with which Jim Cornette uh, took that news because Cornette has also bashed Cody and the Young Bucks in the past and you know has compared their wrestling to to horrible, horrible things, which I will not name here. But uh, but he actually loved this because he said, look, I I am so proud of them and happy for them for, for doing this. I can't stand their wrestling, but this is a big deal. But Vince Russo then trying to get in on this is so hypocritical. You know, Cornette's like, I'm not going to try and get in on this because I, I would be a hypocrite if yep. I did that. And guess what? Russo's a hypocrite. So... Anyway, fun little side notes on that. That is our big news. Now I really have FOMO. (laughs) Welcome to my world. I I didn't know that the card had already been built up that massively. It's it's crazy. That's probably only half of the people that are actually going to be there. Yeah. I I can't imagine what this is going to look like at the end of the day. Well, it's going to be a big deal. We still have a few months. This is the beginning of September. This happens. Who knows, Nick? Things could happen. Big things could happen with this show in the next couple of months that might allow us to pull off a miracle. So we'll see. We will see. But uh, speaking of miracles, and speaking of non-miraculous things, we got to go talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, as is the case when Roman Reigns comes out to just about any show he's on, he was met with an insane amount of booze because we're in Bizarro Land. No, uh, we're in the UK. Oh, wait, but now it's a UK crowd that's the problem. Right. It's not that we're in Chicago and they're 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 feisty and they're feeling right. their their free speech and or Philadelphia or. San Francisco or L.A. or anywhere else they freaking go and Roman gets booed. No, 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 no. Now it's the U.K. crowd. That's crazy. The yeah, typical, it, oh, typical it, U.K. It, reception. It's uh. not Roman Reigns at all. No, 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 that no. That no, damn no, no, U.K. No. crowd. No, 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 no. It's the U.K. crowd. And this is the thing is, you know, at this point, the commentary is having to work overtime to explain why their supposed top babyface, their the guy, is just getting booed out of every building they're in. Uh, and I don't think that the story they're telling with him right now is helping that because they're basically trying to cut and paste 
the Daniel Bryan screwed by management story onto Roman Reigns with Kurt Angle at the top of the show telling him he's not getting another chance at money in the yep. bank because it, because gender screwed him out of it. And uh, when Roman says he wants to, to face gender, who's who gender is in a triple threat tonight. Uh, he says he wants to be inserted into that match, make it a fatal four way. Kurt says no, because Stephanie, the management, the authority says no. Yep. And Roman says, oh, it's OK. I, I understand. I get it. My the authority doesn't like me because I'm an underdog. But now you'll understand that I got to go do what I'm going to do. Right. And so are he, we witnessing a double turn here? No, we're absolutely not. Are they not. steering the ship into Healy anti-corporation Roman Reigns no, they're, to they're, favor the booze? They're absolutely not. They're uh, steering they, they are basically ignoring the booze and I mean they were telling a story in direct opposition to the audience reaction here. Roman got booed out of the building every time he tried to speak and here's how bad it was is that he decided, you know, well I'm not going to be in this match. Gender cost me my opportunity. I'm just going to go beat up Gender. Which, frankly, was the best aspect of that I liked. I'm like, yes, this is what you should have is a guy who just goes, all right, screw it. I'm going to do what I want. If Braun Strowman had done this, you and I would have been cheering for it mm-hmm. because he's actually built more like this and he's, built, he's been built better. We cheered for it when Stone Cold did it 20 years ago. Well, but this, the problem is, is that at this point, Roman is being put into a role that he just is not built for in terms of his presentation, in terms of how he naturally comes across. In my opinion, it's kind of like if you would imagine Jack Nicholson being cast as Luke Skywalker. It just doesn't read. <laughs> yes. You don't. You wouldn't believe it. it. You'd be like, this is just weird. You don't feel like that is the kind of thing. Roman going back and beating the crap out of gender, this I believe. Roman getting screwed over by management and being the underdog and having to fight upwards and being told that you know Roman is getting screwed right and left when he just got a, another opportunity. He gets his ass kicked at WrestleMania. Legit. Beat down, beat up. The dude lost straight up. No screw, no screw job from anybody. He lost, and then for some reason he gets a rematch with for no reason at Greatest Royal Rumble, and then we have a controversial ending, quote unquote, because they botched the ending. Yep. But they have a controversial ending, and now he's getting screwed over by management. It's it's not working. It does not work. The only thing that's working about this is the fact that it was fun to watch him beat up gender. But then we get back to the fact that gender got cheered. Gender, when he got offense on Roman, got cheered. And anytime Roman would put offense on, on gender, he would get booed. Gender Mahal. Gender Mahal is getting sympathy over Roman Reigns. That's why I'm thinking the double turn. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm st- I, I, it feels like it. The double turn, gender's going to turn face. Gender's going face. No, stop it, Nick. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's no, it's that's not abs- that's absolutely not what they're trying to do here. They were trying to put him against <laughs> gender because gender just people hate gender. They hate him. I I don't like gender. I don't like evil foreigner gender. But you know what? I can tolerate just dick I like, gender. I like diva gender. Yes, I I think it's a fun character. But he's still a heel, and he still makes you want to boo him. Like just and if he's against anybody else but Roman, you boo the crap out of gender. But for some reason... So you're saying you could bring out Adolf Hitler against Roman Reigns and people would cheer Adolf Hitler? Well, now, I don't know about that, but because Miz was able to get some booze against him, but that's, that's because true. Miz, that's Miz is very a very skillful heel. He knows how to bait him and how to reel it out but of But even him. then, it was like begrudging. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and here's the thing. I like... I, I, I'm one of the rare people who thinks that a gender Roman program could be interesting, but not with this authority is coming after Roman Reigns aspect to it. He's yeah. in no way is a six foot five, good looking Samoan 
going to give you an underdog story the way that little Daniel Bryan is going to give you an underdog story. One that happened organically because the company was legit against him. You know what I mean? It's, it's not going to read. It's not going to play. We, every, even the, even the casual fans can feel Roman is not a freaking underdog. No, nope. he's a machine. He should be going out there and being a strong face and beating dudes down. Being a hot I tag. Can't, that was why he was so great in the shield because he was just a, a hot, hot tag, tag at the end for the big spear finisher for the old super power bomb thing that they would do. It boggles my mind that on some level, someone in WWE, namely a, a crazy septuagenarian or octogenarian, whatever he is now, is somehow logically able to convince himself that this is working or is going to work. Especially with all of his years of experience, he, he should know better. Well, I, There's no would, excuse, really. You would think, but he's done this again and again where he's just done terrible angles or ruined wrestlers because he's just bullheaded about things and in his own world. Yeah. And, you know, I actually want to I want to take this quick rant uh, to the side because we did have um, uh, uh, one of our one of our listeners, a good fan of the good friend of the show. Uh, Andy Nelson asked us this question this week. OK. And that was OK. Roman right now is being booked as the man. Let's say Roman vanishes tomorrow. Who should WWE push as the man? Because every company has their the man right now. Kazuchika Okada is the man. He's the ace over in New Japan. Who should be the man? If not Roman, can I go first? Of course. Uh, I think this is a two-part question. Are we talking about per brand? Or are we talking about overall? Overall. Be- overall, I want to sit the whole company on AJ Styles' shoulders and run for the next five years. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't. I don't know how Roman gets so much attention. But but look at what AJ and Nakamura are doing over on the B show. Sure. You know, I, I think AJ Styles is is the. He's he might not have the size, but neither did Daniel Bryan. But this is what this but is. But I want to yeah. I want to sit the whole company and everything on his shoulders. Yeah, I could see that. I I think that his promo game's still a little weak. Sure. Uh, as far as those things are concerned, I would actually say at this point Drew McIntyre, and I'd say the mm, only the yes. only downside to him is is from a WWE perspective and their typical you know the guy thing is the accent, uh, the Scottish accent, which I think is a really minor nitpicky. Thing, but because it's, it's not that harsh, he's got the size, the look, the presence. He, you know, there's a reason that originally when he came in, he was the quote unquote chosen one, yep. and he had to leave and go mature. And he has fixed every part of his game that was a problem the first time, and he has come back at 110. percent But what I will say is that they brought him back with Dolph Ziggler, which leads me to believe that they don't have a lot of confidence in him yet. Well, as we said, well, or, I mean, it took or, Shinsuke or that, a year. I'm not talking about what WWE currently thinks of the of these okay. people. And, and let's face it, AJ Styles' program with Shinsuke, as much as it's interesting to us, it's not setting the world on fire at this point. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like there is there's drawbacks to all of this. But you know, and there's a bunch of other people like I've heard rumors that Elias could be the man, which I think is so out of left field, especially with how they've worked him right now I and the character. See it, but the character that he has, not at all. You'd have to do so much work to that character to get him to a point where he was the man. You know what I mean? Where he was where he was Shawn Michaels, where he was Stone Cold. Here's the thing. Part of it, though, is really the short sighted booking is the the, you know, fly by night, hot, hot shotting booking. If you look at companies that take their time with these things, New Japan, Lucha Underground, where you build out stories in advance, you have prog- NXT, yeah. where you have these long, drawn-out progressions of storylines. You can build characters, that, and you can do it with anyone. Look at Paul Heyman and ECW. 
He could take anybody and make you interested in them, make you get behind them or be against them depending on what he wanted. It's all in the storytelling. You could take any person on this roster right now and make them a main eventer because that's the level of talent. Well, maybe not. There's a couple. Let me ride that back and say, <laughs> you're not going to make Heath Slater a WrestleMania main eventer. But uh, that, that being said, you want an underdog story. There you go. Well, that, I think that's too under. That's <laughs> okay. that, that, that dog is too He's far got under. Kids. He's too far under. But you could make him a champ. He was a tag champ on SmackDown because they told the story well. Yes. Yes. So there you go. But uh, anyway, we digress. We got to get back to the show itself. So who was your kind of... I picked AJ Styles. Who would you pick? Drew Tam- Mack. Drew McIntyre. D- D-Mack himself. I think we're a couple of years away from that, but I could very well see that being a possibility. I, I think if they ever stop... If they ever give up on this Roman crap, we might see Drew McIntyre. And I think I think that they're testing him right now with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. I, I think they're just trying to see if he can get over. We'll see. We'll we'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, let's get back to the show itself, to Raw and, and to the the salient aspects of this show. Roman goes and murders Jinder Mahal, and then later in the show, Jinder, all banged up, is forced to compete in this triple threat. And as he's walking down the hall to the match, he walks by a conspicuously electrical taped uh, piece of plasterboard, which conveniently he gets speared through by Roman Reigns out right. of nowhere. Was entertaining. I like this. Yes, me too. But it meant Jinder couldn't compete. So we had a triple threat match at the end of the show to determine another Money in the Bank competitor. Well, earlier in the night, we had Kevin Owens facing off in an uh, open challenge for the IC title against Seth Rollins. This was announced earlier in the week. Yep. And they put on a banger of a match, as you would expect. Can I say that I don't like the fact that they announce it? I think the nature of an open challenge is that Seth walks out to the ring yeah. and, and announces that if you want some, come get some. I don't want it pre-announced. I agree. I want the surprise of who's going to come out and 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 whose music is going to hit and be like, oh my God, yeah. Kevin Owens, yes! I think they should do that going forward. Yeah. I, I didn't mind this as much because it's Kevin Owens and, and Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens is a workhorse. Seth Rollins is on a streak. Of where he just cannot wrestle a bad match right now. Something has clicked with that boy where he's just, he's killing it right yep. now. And he's one of the most over guys in the WWE. You talk about someone else who could be the man in well, the company. He was. He was as a heel. Yep. And I would be really curious to see what they did with him as a face. Um, and when we talk about Drew McIntyre or or about Elias, it they're really kind of Seth Rollins' final form. And yeah, he's, both of them. you know what I mean? Like they're basically evolved versions of, of Seth Rollins. Mutations. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, he's like, he's Frieza and that's form two and form three. Right, right. You know what I mean? So it's, he's, but he's got the full game going on right now. I still think he's missing aspects to his character, but we're not going to get into that today. The point is Seth had a great match against Kevin Owens. Uh, he retained unsurprisingly. Uh, he stomped Kevin Owens. He's coming back through the ropes after an outside spot. But because Kevin Owens now has the authority on his side, Stephanie McMahon forces Kurt Angle to put Kevin Owens in the triple threat in place of gender. I thought that was good, consistent storytelling yes. because Kevin Owens originally got his universal championship essentially handed to him by Triple H. Yes. We're back to having Kevin Owens on the, uh, on the brand where the authority has his back. We've just had a year or so of him on SmackDown where the authority figures were against him and the whole conspiracy angle. Now we have him as a heel who is basically gets away with all kinds of crap because the people, the brass, the people in control have his back. 
And that works really well with his character. Kind of like a corporate rock kind of stuff, uh, uh, you know, going through that, even gender to an extent being pushed that way. But yeah, I I like this version of Kevin Owens. I would love to see a corporate gender. I think that could do wonders for his current diva character. Um, And definitely uh, corporate Owens. And he looked back to being strong this week. You know, there's a long time where he was kind of a a shit heel where he was with Sami Zayn. This week, he looked like he was strong again. Like he went toe to toe with Seth Rollins, took him to the limit. He had this triple threat match uh, with Lashley and uh, Elias, I believe. And uh, and with with this match, he looked strong in the match. Um, so he ends up getting the win because Sami Zayn interferes and boots Bobby Lashley, gives him a haluva kick outside the ring. Kevin Owens picks up the win. He's going to money in the bank. But this brings us to our next thing we have to talk about. Um, Kevin Owens obviously makes sense. He's going to money in the bank. He's got two, two, uh, matches this night. He just signed a five-year contract. You know, that's what I was going to ask is his push that he's getting of late, you know, whether or not it's coming to raw or not, but he just signed that big new contract contract. So is, are they betting on Kevin Owens at this point? That's a a big indicator. You signed a dude to a five-year contract. You're betting on him. You know, he's going back to Andy's question. Here's another contender to be who they could be betting on. No, he won't be the man, but he'll definitely be a big heel in a lot of feuds going forward for sure. Um, that's, that's his, that's his character. That's just who he is. But, uh, but yeah, so Sammy boots Lashley this and as well as another point in the show, we had a forever long promo from Sammy Zayn talking about Bobby Lashley and his sisters and that God awful interview that he gave. Sammy is all of us. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, he, thank you, Sammy. He's supposed to be the heel though. He's huh. supposed to be the one saying, and, and the aspects he was picking up on, from this Bobby Lashley interview weren't how cringe inducing inducing it was. It was how he thinks Bobby Lashley's a joke. I so right at the top, we're talking about gender versus Roman, which frankly is a bizarre feud that you know gender's getting cheered in. I, uh, Makes my head explode. We've we've got Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's first big feud in the WWE is against Sami Zayn, and it's not trying to put over the fact that he's a legit badass with MMA training. He's not the, he's not black Lesnar. It's not that, you know, basically another legit badass guy who has improved his game in TNA can actually, you know, if you give him the right things to say, can cut a decent promo and can really work uh, his character. You're giving him this bizarre, all about my family sit down interview. And then when it's awkward and weird and they, and they don't really get a good product out of it, they double down on it, show it to us again and again and again, have Sami Zayn call attention to it, and then say that he's going to have a segment next week where he's going to bring out Bobby Lashley's abusive sisters and have an interview with them in the ring. What? I don't know what's happening. Is this going to be Bailey, It's Your Life Part 2? Because that's the feeling I get. I mean, Sami Zayn... Except Blesner will kill you. That's the difference. <laughs> well, but that's the thing is that I, I look, I think that, Ke- that that Sammy and Lashley, if you just have them wrestle, it'll be good. It's the trappings of this feud that they're wrapping around it that are that are boggling my mind. It's just it's classic WWE kerfuffle where I just I, I, I'm like, what are you? Why are you making a mess? Of these characters. It, it makes no sense of to me. Of all of the things, of all of the things you could build this around. I mean, have well, it. They did a video package for him for Lashley last week before that interview yes. that was amazing about his career in the army and went to wrestle in the army, all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's a big badass. That's how you build a good face. Like, he's, he's legit. Yes. Uh, and he's in the military and all of that good stuff. 
And, and then we cut to the sisters thing, and that's what that's what they're steering into, not his actual uh, amateur wrestling career and going into the army and all that. I'm like, it's right there in front of you. What I are know. you doing? And then and then they just completely bungled it right afterwards. <laughs> it was absolutely, I mean, mind boggling. My jaw was on the floor. Like, what are what are you doing? So yeah, this was uh, an absolutely. I gotta Absolutely calm myself angle. down because the next bit. Well, that's, that's the thing. So that was bo- mind-boggling decision number two, and we'll obviously see where that goes going forward. But my uh, Nick, I I got butterflies. I'm terrified of what they're going to do with Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley. I'm not too worried about them, but uh, I'm, I'm worried about the next. Okay, thing. so let's get to the next mind-boggling decision. So during this week, uh, not on WWE TV, but but uh, during a uh, a red carpet event, I believe it was. Uh, they had a special word for it that they kept using, and it it's an in, it's an industry term. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte were being interviewed on the red carpet. Yeah. When uh, who should walk up and challenge Ronda Rousey? But Nia Jax, the current Raw Women's Champion, says, "You know what, Ronda." Here's one thing you don't have. You got all those accolades. You don't have the Raw Women's Championship. You think you can take it off of me? Uh, I'm just going to... I think people who have been listeners of the show, if you're new to the show, you don't know Nick's seething hatred for Nia Jax. Uh, Hate, hate's a strong word. Uh, Disapproval what? of her entering style. We'll, we'll, we'll levy it that way. Okay. Sure. However you want to put it. Uh, Nick... Not a fan of Nia Jax. No. Uh, Nick, still very much with the jury out on Ronda Rousey. So I'm going to cede the floor right now to you, sir, and let you talk about what you think about Ronda Rousey's first major solo match being for the Raw Women's Championship against Nia Jax. Go ahead, sir. I'm going to temper this in the beginning by saying that I understand that she's getting paid over a million dollars to, to be in the WWE, and if I'm not mistaken, I looked this up this past week. I think the next highest is Charlotte Flair at 550. Yeah, I think I think 550,000. 550,000 to be clear, and Ronda Rousey's making nearly a million and a half dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, so I understand why you would want your one your 300 percent investment into one person above and beyond your top woman to to be able to. Ha- I get that. I want to temper it by saying that, but how do you book a match? On the red carpet, number one. Number two, she's still extremely green. Uh, we've seen that. Ronda, I'm talking about Ronda Rousey. I won't bring up Nia Jax's way she, you know, I've, I've you're, beat you're, it to death how she's hurt people. You're questioning of her in-ring ability. That's a great way to put it. And her, her, her safety. So after we had the great setup, I believe it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, of Ronda chasing Alexa Bliss around the ring, that was coming. You could end, end up putting those two in a match for maybe a number one contendership that would happen at Money in the Bank. Nope. Screw that. We're just going to jump straight to having the championship match right away because... Hell with kayfabe anymore. Like, why, why are we even... Why do we even watch this? Well, they... <laughs> Why? Why do we do this podcast? <laughs> they're just gonna do. They're just this gonna really shook you. The red this really shook you, didn't it? Uh, God, you're questioning <sighs> doing this podcast because of a Nia and and Ronda Rousey like, match. I literally, when I heard this, I almost Ouch. flipped the table over and turned the TV off. It was one of those just disenfranchising things. Like, wow, I didn't think they could take it that much further, but nope. Every, just when I thought I was out. They pull me back in. I don't. I don't understand this at all. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense in or out of kayfabe, other than the fact that it's money. It's, That's really all this comes down to. Welcome to WWE. And they can't wait to get that belt. How is on this Ronda surprising Rousey. to you? Uh, first of all, I don't think Ron is taking the belt. I think there'll be some sort of outside interference. And if she does take the belt, then you know what? It's also money in the bank. 
a lot of stuff could happen. Sure. I am willing to see this out. And as I said in our, in our Busted Wide Open Facebook discussion group, it comes down to, as you said, it comes down to the money. Rhonda is an absolutely enormous draw, and they need to get her as the face of their pay-per-views as soon as possible. And if this is how they do it, then this is how they do it. Um, frankly, you know, you were also complaining about them not having Ron to do anything. It would be, uh, at this point, it would be crazy to have her do anything else but go for the championship. And they called it out in, in this. In, I agree in the, with that. In the challenging of this, they did call out where Rhonda says, you know, I haven't really been here that long. There's other women who are more deserving of this title shot. They straight up called it out, um, which I have mixed feelings about. Like, I'm like, well, at least they recognize that that's the case. And they did kind of do a half-hearted apology with that. But at the same time, it also means they know that they're, they're shotgunning this and they're getting, but, but here's the thing. I'm willing to see what they're going to do with the story of this match. This is a face versus face match here. They've made it clear that they both have respect for each other, that they like each other. It might be a situation where one goes Shinsuke Nakamura on the other. It might be something where the heels get involved and there's some sort of tomfoolery that sends Ronda off into another feud somewhere else. This is just a way to jumpstart Ronda on the main roster. And frankly, I'm more happy that they're doing something with her as opposed to having her be there as basically a, an enforcer for Natalia. Yes. You know what I mean? So if, I, if, I'm not freaking out about this. If they had brought Ronda out at the Rumble back in January and had her win the Rumble or at least get into the top three or something. That would have been offensive. Fine. It would it would have at least made sense because we would have had some kind of story over the last three to four months that would have led us to this point. Here's the case story. Nowhere, just to throw her at the title. No, here's the case no story. Sense. She is a legit badass who is coming into the WWE as a legit badass in other 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 worlds. It's like the same thing as bringing in massive talent from somewhere else and immediately immediately plugging them into the main event scene. I've never if they're agreed legit, with that, If they're legit enough, it should be. And, and Ronda is legit enough, just not in the pro wrestling world. But in terms of general public perception, she absolutely is. It makes perfect sense for her to be involved with the gold somehow because of her pedigree. So this is a Money in the Bank match, correct? This is going to be a match... At Money in the Bank. At Money. Not a Money in the Bank. Okay, yes, correct. Yes. Uh, we're going to do a prop bet on whether or not she injures Ronda. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will happily Moving tell. On. I'll put money on that. Anyway, but yes, I'm not freaking out about this at all. I, I was... I raised an eyebrow, but at the same time, I'm, let's let's see what happens before you start flipping tables over there, Strowman. Okay. I'm not freaking out about it. I'm just not invested in it, and I want to be invested in title matches. You just said period. it made you question watching the show and doing this uh, podcast. I want to be invested in the stories behind the, someone's journey to get to their championship opportunity. It's not hard. Write stories, creative. Don't just... Here I love go. how you're There's two people. You're going down this road for the Nia versus Ronda, but you know, you were kind of calmly accepting the Ginger Roman and the Sammy Lashley and all the other We'll get to some more stuff no, too. I this wasn't, this- sir. <laughs> no, I wasn't. It's things are a mess right now on Raw. Uh which is hilarious considering some of the business stuff we're gonna talk about at the back end of the show. <laughs> Raw is worth a lot of money right now. Uh moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we told you guys this was going to be a long show Woo! today. Woo! We're 40 we, minutes in and halfway we, through Raw. We Buckle had, up. We had some coffee today. <laughs> uh, okay, so we had some Money in the Bank qualifier matches. we got to talk the, about mid-card hell on Raw right now. It's all uh, the fat that SmackDown Live unloaded on them. Baron Corbin, Bobby Roode, and uh, No Way Jose uh, had a three-way match. 
And uh, Bobby Roode won. Nobody cared. Bobby Roode <laughs> pinned No Way Jose. And that's really all there is to talk about here. Yep. And that's kind of, that's why I'm starting to call Raw mid-card hell is because there's nothing compelling about anything they're doing with these characters. If you're not Brock Lesnar or you're not Roman Reigns, you are in that mid-card just limbo of everything. Well, or I would actually argue, unless you're involved with Seth Rollins somehow, because he is now oh, the sure. number the one, tournament. he's yeah. the number one belt on Raw, uh, you know, and, but uh, I, I could go down a whole other side note about that. But yeah, this is, this is the mid card below what's normally the mid card. <laughs> and it's, it's a wasteland. Um, in other Money in the Bank news, uh, Mickey James versus Alexa Bliss versus Bailey happened. Um, Alexa ends up picking up the victory, which I think is a great call. I, I could actually see her as Miss Money in the Bank this year. That would be a great role for her and keep her away from the title for a while. Have her be the sneaky heel. I would love to see Alexa Bliss with the Money in the Bank contract. Yeah, I, I would. I be, think that would be fan freaking tastic. Uh huh. I agree. I think that was that would be a great call. I liked that. I did not like the fact that they are continuing. To slow play, they're they're giving and taking on and and changing their minds about where they're at with this Bailey and Sasha feud. You know what I mean? Again, I, we I've had decided a, that I'm at the point where it, it's going to be what it is, and I'll just have to accept it when it gets here. And it's one of those things where I just I can't I can't complain about it anymore. It's another, and I'm going to use this word again. It's another thing that's absolutely bizarre to me. Can you can you imagine? If when evolution broke up, there wasn't the uh, the electric chair thumbs down moment, but instead they just kind of like exchanged sullen glances for a few months and like, you know, push each other every once in a while, but then like made up and they just, you know, it happened over the course of months and months and months. Can you imagine how obnoxious that would have been or the superpowers instead of having the brawl in the hospital room? They just, you know, kind of like, well, you know, I guess we can be friends now, but, you know, I, I just really think that you're kind of being mean. Can you imagine that? <laughs> It's crazy because Bailey's actually been on record. She was just interviewed by a Sky Sports Lockup podcast where she said she liked the slow build. She thought that it was kind of like the slow build she saw when she was a kid, even though she admitted she's talent now and not a viewer. And I'm I'm telling you, Bailey, as, t- as a viewer and not talent, isn't working. It's not working. It's not compelling. It's actually making me less interested in it because of the give and take aspect of the, of, and, of of the feud. And the audience is different than it was thirty years ago. Also, oh, so big you're, time. You don't have audiences that remember things beyond the week or two before. So you can't slow play something over the course of a year. Well, especially when half of this feud isn't even on TV. Sometimes it's yes. on YouTube, or if you just watch Hulu, it's not on the Hulu edition. Like or on you guys' social media accounts. Right? You know? Yeah. It's like it's not the same thing at all. It's 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 not apples to apples. It's so. Yeah, I'm terrified of that. They've actually made me not interested in a Bailey and Sasha feud. If they it, now, if they light a fire under it, we say this week to week. If they light a fire under it, they could redeem it, but it's just getting worse and worse. The chances get smaller and smaller. I, I've accepted it for now. I'll give it till SummerSlam before I really get upset. Jesus about it. Christ, but, you've got some patience, boy. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, if they're going to slow play it, they we've got three more months, so let's see what happens. That's a long uh, time. We also had a uh, tag match with something I'm not really ha- happy about: Drew McIntyre. Uh, and Dolph Ziggler uh, facing off against Braun Strowman and Nicholas. Nicholas returned. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was it was uh, Finn Balor. Yes, I, I got the two confused. because yeah. they're so tiny. I actually like this match a lot. Logic aside, sure. uh, we've we had this guy who before WrestleMania refused to have a tag team partner, all the way down to beating up potential tag team partners, and then ultimately picked a kid from the audience instead of picking a superstar to be a tag champ with. And and in doing so, won the tag championships by himself, essentially. 
But now he has been tagging since WrestleMania. Braun Strowman's been tagging with Lashley. He's now tagging with Finn Balor. Okay, again, let's. I'll put my logic issues aside here, and and you know, God forbid we have consistent storytelling. I'll put those aside and say this was an entertaining match to me. Sure. It was Ziggler. I, I didn't even mind Ziggler in this. I thought he played a great role. We're basically we've got Shawn Michaels and Diesel all over again, only updated for the modern audience. And in a lot of ways, I got to say better. I could really get behind a Braun Strowman and a Drew McIntyre program. That makes me twirl my mustache. But that was the point and of this I, match. It, I, was you think make, so? Making you salivate. Of course, the whole match. The match was about Braun Strowman being the hot tag and Drew McIntyre trying to avoid him. They start off the whole match with the two of them facing down and being, by the way, eye to eye, which is nuts when you consider how big Braun Strowman has looked uh, compared to everyone else in the roster. Yep. And then Drew McIntyre comes in and is essentially a leaner, like he's built more like a normal human, whereas Braun is just big, you know, weightlifter body. Yep. Drew Mack is a he's shredded, but he's as tall as Braun Strowman is, even though, you know, in kayfabe, they say Braun is seven foot and Drew McIntyre is six five. He's like six eight. He's huge. Yeah. Um, but they so they start with that, and then the entire match is them is Drew McIntyre avoiding him and Finn trying to get Braun in the ring at the same time as Drew McIntyre. And when they finally do get in the ring together, it's madness. It's chaos. And Braun ends up doing that big run around and shoulder tackle into Drew McIntyre outside. And he hits him so hard that Drew McIntyre runs into the, the greatest Royal rumble trophy of bronze and breaks it. Uh, yeah, this yes. is, I got to say, like, I don't like Finn being in a tag team. I don't like Braun Strowman being a tag team. I don't like Drew McIntyre being in a tag team with Dolph Ziggler. No, but I didn't mind this. But I, I like I, where this is going to go. I wasn't. Yeah. I I'm like, all right, all right. You have my attention. Yes. You, I, I, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. I don't think it will, but I hope it does end up in a one-on-one, a singles matches between Braun and, and, and Drew McIntyre. Oh, it's coming. It's definitely coming. I don't think it's definitely coming. I would like it to happen. Though, oh, okay. Is, is my point. You, so you're not convinced it's coming? No, I'm not. Um, oh I also, I had, a, I had a quick kind of thought and theory about this. This match ended with, Finn, uh, with, as I said, the chaos happening outside the ring with two big boys hitting each other really hard. Uh, inside the ring, um, Finn goes up to the top rope. Ziggler crotches him on the rope and then gets the one, two, three right. for the victory. Is there some sort of joke backstage at WWE that I'm not aware of where every member of the Bullet Club has to have something to do with their testicles? Whether it's Gallows and Anderson talking about eggs when they when they messed up Big E's nuts yeah. to the Nakamura and AJ feud being all about crotch shots to Finn Balor getting his Balor's Ballard on the top of the rope. I don't know if it's that or if it's just a 12-year-old in creative that's back there laughing, going, tee-hee-hee, and just, you know, let's hit him in the nuts. Why does it only seem to happen to ex-Bullet Club members? That's what I don't know. I don't don't know. know. Just a a shower thought, if you will. (laughs) I don't want to think about any Bullet Club members' testicles in the shower. So let's go on and talk about the other stuff that's going on. Uh, Apparently, Miztourage has rebranded themselves as the B-team, which consisted of them. They already have merch. They already have their, well, yeah, handmade merch. They've already got merch, uh, which consists of a white Hanes White t-shirt with a B written in Sharpie on it. And I think this is genius, and they're fools if they don't go sell these uh, on they the also, merch store. by the way, I I didn't stat check this, but I you know I think they're right, and that is that the Miz Taraj officially won their first match as a tag team. I, I I 
seem to remember them beating Gallows and Anderson at some point, but I, uh, I think this was the first official victory. I yeah, because they, they would have still been with the Miz uh, at something. that how in that. Yeah, this is their first victory. They beat Breezango, which is sad. You guys know I love me some Bo Dallas, so I'm I I'm excited about this. I I'm okay with this. This is something that I I'm I'm into, but I'm nervous that it could quickly turn into like a job squad yeah. or a social outcast right. situation. Um, I mean they were over pretty much off the bat. They they had a nice you know chant from the crowd the b team b team you know afterwards they they already challenged the deleters of worlds for the day you know beautiful i love uh, hey, it all right let's let's see where it goes i i, I fingers crossed if ronda rousey can walk up to nia Jax oh, and get a get an opportunity at the women's championship so can't the b team go after those championships so i'm all in on this so glad you don't by the way where's authors of pain uh we'll get to that why, why are we I, just dealing with you, these two would you would you stick to the notes <laughs> we're coming up on that uh, so we also had a match. Sasha Banks, Natalia, and Ember Moon uh, had a match against the Riot Squad, which was a match that had no purpose or build. Let's get all the women on TV. We, yeah, let's get all the women on TV. You know, we were just talking last week about how, hey, we have all these reasons for people to have matches now. You have Money in the Bank coming up. And yet we still have matches with no stakes and no reason for existing. Yep. Uh, other than to just have people on TV. Um, and get, give Ronda's best friend Natalia a, a clean pin over Liv Morgan in this match. Uh, you know, I, I, it wasn't, here's the thing, wasn't a bad match. Oh, it was, it was enjoyable. Exciting. All the ladies can work. It was, it, that was fine. It's just, where are the stakes? It, it's nice to see three women who I think are extremely talented from NXT finally getting some shine. Liv Morgan, uh, Ruby Riot, Ember Moon. Uh, I think the, the fact that they're getting TV time, a, a lot of TV time recently, I'm, I'm all for it. But doing it in these six man tag matches, six woman tag matches, I should say, uh, it just it, it just it feels so plain. Well, and the problem is, is that you, you don't really have, aside from Alexa Bliss, you don't really have a legit heel woman on Raw. Good point. You know what I mean? Even like Ruby Riot can be, she can step up, but you had Paige there before the unlike yeah, well, was Absolution yeah. was built like they just come across as being you know, women that can kick your butt. Whereas I, like I'll say it again, the riot squad feels like a bunch of high school girls still They're They're not intimidating at all. Um, also not intimidating the deleters of worlds. No, they're not intimidating, but they are your tag champs. And somehow they beat the revival again, squashed them pretty virtually. The like revival is officially (laughs) enhancement talent at this point. Uh, the, the B team gets more shine than they do. Which I don't know what they They're did to such piss a off good management. Ta- team tag team. I don't yeah. understand. Well, and, and here's understand. the thing. I, I, I okay. I'm going to go on record as saying I don't mind the deleters of worlds. I, I, I think that the they have like a what's the what the new finisher is called the kiss of deletion instead of Sister Abigail. Yeah. Uh, look, it's all built off of Matt Hardy's goony, you know, d- uh, broken Matt Hardy or woken Matt Hardy gimmick that is not being used well at all. Nope. Like we've we've touched on it we dipped our toe into the lake of reincarnation and then we ran screaming out the front gate and now it's just kind of in, in a holding pattern and the the tag division on raw is still a nightmare so yeah i i yeah 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 so i'll ask my question again where's aop why why are okay. why are we getting the b team and the revival and the deleters of worlds and uh brizongo but no authors of pain well here's the other problem You've got, at the other end, you have these thrown-together tag teams. Whether or not Braun and Finn will remain a tag team, we'll see. But they're positioning Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler as a legit scary tag team. Meanwhile, over on SmackDown, you have essentially a repackaged version of AOP 
in the Bludgeon Brothers. Like you basically have AOP with shittier costumes and a goofier gimmick. Um, I don't know what their thought was bringing up AOP when they did. We've called out for like the last year on this show. Hey, now would be a good time to bring up AOP because of these reasons. Boom, boom, boom. Now would be a good time because you have an opening here where they could step right in. I don't, I think that they brought them up when they did because there was nothing more for them to do in NXT at that point, And there was room on the main roster, but they didn't have any plans for them. And from what we're seeing, there's really nowhere, nowhere for them to fit in and not look like a bludgeon brothers knockoff. They, they don't, they didn't present them as well as they were presented in NXT. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, that's never happened before. But in addition, it doesn't seem like they have any immediate plans for them. And if they do, it doesn't look like it's going to be worthy of what that team is capable of accomplishing. Uh, revival anyone? It's it's that's it's two. Two in a row where they bring them up and all of a sudden, and revival to their credit, that was injuries as well that held them back. But, yeah. But yeah, I'm scared, man. I, I don't see anything... I don't see an easy road for AOP. Well, lots going on on Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, lots of big news coming out this week as well around All In. But hey, we're not done. We're just getting started. We've got to head over and talk about SmackDown Live. Well, I got to say, uh, SmackDown was very watchable this week. Yes, it I, was. I was, not, I was not mad at it. Largely because the main event was, as they said on the show, a WrestleMania quality main event. It was Styles versus Nakamura Part 4. Keep uh, this going every single week, please. It was the, in my opinion, it was the best match they've had in this series so far. It was lots of high energy, some great spots, and a, a finish that I would call a classic heel finish that was executed perfectly by Nakamura where he fakes that AJ kicked him in the nuts while the ref's back is turned. Ref gets confused. Nakamura takes advantage of the confusion to hit the Kinshasa on AJ and win. All he doesn't win the championship. This was for the stipulation right. for their match at money. Who's going to choose the stipulation. Who's yeah. going to choose the stipulation, which Nakamura gets to do, but he didn't yet. He no, has no. not named it. So He'll, what are you thinking here? What are we going to get at Money in the Bank as far as a stipulation well, we, match? We had the whole discussion about what it could be last week uh, uh, we, and, and what would be logical, what would be fun, what could work at this point in this feud. And it's going to depend on what WWE's thoughts are as far as if this feud will go beyond Money in the Bank. If this is going to end at Money in the Bank, and they're going to blow it off with AJ finally beating Nakamura and getting rid of him, then I think it's going to be a different stipulation than if it's one that favors Nakamura. Nakamura finally takes the title off of AJ, and he spend, AJ spends the rest of the summer chasing Nakamura, or Nakamura goes into a program with another major face, like, say, a Daniel Bryan, which could be a sick program as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think there's a lot of options, um, but at the same time, it's going to depend on where they're going to go. Well, let's temper that with the other end of that. Where does AJ Styles go? Who's next in line for contention if it's not Nakamura and he goes off and faces Daniel Bryan? Uh, I think there's a lot of things you could do with that. If if AJ retains, I could if AJ retains, I could see him going against Samoa Joe. If AJ yeah. loses, I could see him going against Samoa Joe. You know, keeping your big guys against your big guys. Uh, Miz, I think, could also get involved at some point. We could have a uh, Miz and uh, and AJ. I think there's so much. A, I want to. I disagree with you. They're going to do the end of this at Money in the Bank. I think we're actually going to end up with some kind of light ladder match and or street fight to introduce some weapons, uh, that sort of thing beyond no disqualification. And I, I've said plenty of times this is going to run. I think this is going to run for the year, at least to SummerSlam, if not beyond. We could have a ladder match, just a traditional ladder match. 
thrown I think into that's this. Too, I think that's but too it's normally small at this point. saved for two uh, for large groups of people. Um, but I absolutely think that we. I don't know if if, it, if this is the blow off, which I hope it's not. I don't think they put it on to Nakamura. I think AJ does retain. And yes, you named off two, if not three, people that can we can then begin to have other feuds with that will end up in number one contendership matches. You think that Nakamura goes and fights Jeff Hardy or what? No, like, I'm talking about I'm, Samoa Joe and the Miz all get involved. Daniel Bryan gets involved. Um, yes, they're throwing everything at the wall. There, I think all of these guys are top card quality that could come after uh, this championship. Well, what you're saying is there's lots of possibilities. Oh, yeah, God, yes. <laughs> That's the thing. It's that uh, Unlike w- w- Raw, where we're sitting here going, you don't, like, your booking options are bizarre and... There are other options, but even then, like there's, there's, you have very narrow wiggle room on Raw in terms of feuds. SmackDown, it's wide open. I could see feuds between a lot of these guys. Part of it is just because I'm fans of more of these guys, and I, and I see more possibilities there because you know I, I like these guys more than some of the talent on Raw. But part of it's also their work rate and their ability to put on good matches. You know, once again, we had some great stuff this week from a lot of these other guys, which we'll get into in a second here, but. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, Styles Nakamura, they could theoretically run it through the summer, but they're, they're going to have to do something with the stipulation at this match if they're going to, and Nakamura is going to have to win if yeah. they're going to keep running it forward. I agree. Um, but you just mentioned Daniel Bryan. We did have a Daniel Bryan entrance at the beginning. This was, now, this was nice because in sharp contrast to Raw, where Roman Reigns comes out first and you have the ban and ban and the audience, boo. This show, Daniel Bryan comes out at the top of this. Renee Young says, Daniel Bryan, here he is. Which music itself hits. felt a little weird. Like, why not just kick the music? Because I thought it worked, and okay. it worked for the crowd, too, because they would not stop chanting his name. Renee kept trying to interview him, and they obviously were told to push through, and at some point, they still had to give up. And <laughs> Daniel Bryan had to actually acknowledge the audience for, you know, and, and give them the love back for the audience to let them have any semblance of an interview. That's how over he was. I, it's insane to me to look at the difference between your, the guy who is on SmackDown, not even your top guy right now, Daniel Bryan, and the response that he gets versus the guy who's supposed to be your top face in the company. It's madness. It's insanity. He, uh, Daniel Bryan had such an ovation. And in addition, they had big cast come out uh, in the middle of Daniel's thing, and in, in, in the middle of his promo, Cass comes out, runs down Daniel Bryan, uh, talks all the smack, does a, in, in my opinion, a very good heel work promo. He had the audience pissed off him. He sounded like an, an absolute jerk. Uh, totally gets heat, gets in the ring. Daniel Bryan kicks his ass. And that He's, was good to see. Got no, Cass got I didn't want no, to see another beat down. He got no offense in. Yeah. Daniel Bryan absolutely whipped his ass, sent him to the back with his tail between his legs. So here's the thing. We speculated that Cass might have heat backstage because the rumor is he went into business for himself when he beat down the little person in Montreal. He wasn't supposed to beat him down. He was just supposed to big boot him and end it. But he went into business for himself and went again what management legit wanted. So the question as to whether or not he has heat might have been answered on this show and it might also be answered next week. Not only did he get beaten down and then look like a complete buffoon on this show, but next week, randomly, he's going to have a match against Samoa Joe. You poor boy. Who cut a scathing promo on him on this SmackDown. One of those, another one of those handheld selfie promos. But, I mean, if there's anyone who can pull those off, it's Samoa Joe. And I got goosebumps. He scared the crap out of me. <laughs> 
that boy is legit scary. And he basically said that Cass, Cass, he doesn't give a crap who Cass is. He's just someone in his way. He's, you know what? I don't like you. I'm just going to kill you because I don't like you. Yeah. And you know what? I legit think he's going to kill him. Just don't put him in a muscle buster. Oh, oh, jeez. I'm sorry. Sorry, Tyson. Yes, yes. The man who hates Nia Jax now is uh, is all about Samoa Joe giving Listen. people injury injury moves. But look, okay, so Samoa Joe's going to murder Cass next week. I mean, is is Cass on the outs here? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm, I wouldn't be mad if he was. I think there's lots of other people who could be getting his spot, and I'd be happier with it. Like, kick him down to the mid-card, Baron Corbin him, or whatever you want to do. But, yeah, so I, we'll see next week. We'll have more information when Cass faces off against Joe, and depending on how much of a squash that is, we'll have more of an idea of what people backstage think of old big Cass. I'll put it this way. He's not the one I want to see Daniel Bryan spending uh, his cycles no. on uh, in his big return. No. You know, at that when that start, whole, whole thing started, I was just like, wait, huh? huh? Well, we, we were explaining it away as, look, Daniel Bryan has to have a you know a feud between big feuds to kind of get get some space and some air. It'll be good for Cass because he gets to work with Daniel Bryan and learn some stuff. We explained it away. But really, at the end of the day, yeah, good God, get Daniel Bryan off Big Cass, put Cass somewhere else, and let's move forward to give Daniel some of the matches we want to see him in. Yeah. He's, he's back. We're all excited that he's back. Put him in some more matches like his one against Rusev last week. I don't care if he lost. He's an underdog. He's supposed to lose from time to time so he can build back up and win the big ones. Yes. Everyone was freaking out about that. I think it's fine. I wasn't. And I think it's fine that Rusev got a win over someone like Daniel Bryan because it legitimizes him even yes. though he's kind of a heel in that. It's good for both of them. You know? Well, we'll talk more about Rusev in a second. got to right. talk about the Money in the Bank qualifiers. Yes. We had some matches some that were... those. Yes, we had... Now, this was a bizarre one. We had a tag team match for a single Money in the Bank slot. I think this is going to be some story down the road on this one. I think they're going to do some movement with storyline on this. We had The Bar versus The New Day with Miz on commentary. So they're right there for, for one slot in Money in the Bank. So right there, I'm, I'm already spinning my wheels like, okay, where are you going with this? Now, The Bar ended up losing here. You ended up uh, having... Uh, Xavier Woods overcomes Cesaro in the spot that Cesaro beat him with last week. Uh, he does his his springboard off the top rope, elbow drop, and uh, instead of Cesaro giving him the uppercut, he ends up pinning Cesaro this week. Right. New Day is going to be able to choose one of their members to go to Money in the Bank, and who knows what the heck is going to happen to the bar. Um, but here's the here's the question here: one, who does New Day pick, and why? And two. Why was Miz on commentary for this? Well, one, the logical choice because of his high-flying legacy and all of this stuff, his agility, you'd think Kofi Kingston, but I actually but you, you but I think, actually you, think Big E is going to be the one that, to go. So you hit both nails on the head here. One, according to the history of New Day, like what they have built up in kayfabe is that the, the Big E and Xavier basically respect the hell out of Kofi and what, he's, what his legacy is in WWE, his tenure. Yep. And they really want for him to win the big one. That's been the storyline. So, I mean, and depending on how they play this, this could either be completely flying in the face of history and logic and kayfabe, or they could make this into the story, right? This could be something where they just, you know, don't even acknowledge it and go, oh, we just chose Big E. And I think I'll be, I'll be disappointed if they do that. If it becomes a storyline where they make it, uh, you know, how Big E gets picked because the rumor is Big E is going to have a singles push. New Day's breaking up. That's the rumor. Okay. Uh, if they, you know, if Big E does end up going, I think they should have a storyline about how that breaks up the New Day because 
be, you know, oh, however that being they play. The trigger point. You That's mean. the trigger point. Is like is Biggie volunteering himself or whatever it is. Right. That being said, if that does happen, Miz's presence at ringside makes me think they might be building into a program with Big E versus Miz, but then Big E would have to be a face. So is there something else with New Day where one of the other guys does something? I think there's a couple of different ways they could go here. A bit I'm, of a screw job against Big E to uh, end up, you know, putting him over in that way. I wonder, and, and it's yeah. one of those things where it's really early, and and these nascent storylines, I can't really, I don't really want to dive too far in because it's WWE. The other thing is, is for me, the Shield is also still the Shield breakup is still a little bit fresh, and the, I, I I hope that they do something unique and that they don't try and do a lot of the same stuff where it's one guy turning on the other two. I, I agree. Uh, that will be a little bit too soon um, to try and mimic that stuff, but I could see something here where petty jealousy of Big E being the one that got in, and maybe I don't. Does Big E win the contract? Maybe that's the trigger point. I don't know. Uh, well, whatever it is, like I said, I, it's too early to really get into these storylines because there's so many different ways they could go. But I agree. If you're going to break up the New Day, 2017 was the year of the death of the tag teams. Everything from the <laughs> Festival of Friendship to Ciampa and Gargano. We had so many tag teams break up and, and in violent ways, you know, where it's just immediately. And you don't have to break up a tag team like that every single time. Right. This could be one where they just go their own way. And that's that. And you and it cannot be messy. Every once in a while, they see each other and they're like, hey, remember those good times we had? Yeah, those were good times. Okay, cool. Moving on. And then you don't have to ruin them as faces. And one of them has to be a heel, you know. So we'll see. That's There's a lot That's to speculate. Boring. There's a lot to speculate. <laughs> That's boring. Damn it. We have to have violence. Um, so, yeah. So we'll see what happens with this going forward. Lots of possibilities there. Uh, also, we had, I thought, a nice, well-told story with uh, the remaining members of Absolution, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, being put in a triple threat, not a handicap, but a triple threat by Paige against Becky Lynch, uh, which you know obviously forced the hands of Absolution to actually starting to fight each other in yep. this match. So we are seeing the breakup of Evolution and I thought this uh, was, uh, excuse uh, me, uh, Absolution. <laughs> uh, we already saw that breakup. <laughs> yes, we did. And it was great. But I, I thought this was really well told. I thought the backstage segment with Paige kind of leading Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville down that path themselves uh, to the point where they had to de- decide or they had to say it out loud themselves that they were going to face each other. Yeah. And here go bingo. And just then that. So, yes, they both kind of wanted Becky Lynch or a shot at her to revenge, avenge the other one. But I think the way this played out was great. And funny enough, Becky Lynch ends up coming out on top yeah, of both Becky, of them. Becky Lynch finally won a match. I don't see her winning money in the bank, but you know, she Stop had the presses. Becky Lynch. She had something. a, she, in, in, I'm not going to say her hometown because Ireland and England are very different, oh, yeah. but, but it, you know, in the UK, she picks up a win. But uh, the interesting thing here was that we did also see absolution. Last week we saw Mandy Rose's new solo entrance. Uh, and we have our questions about that with the soft core filter around it and the, the, the red shoe diaries music. But then you've had Sonia Deville's solo entrance this week, which I thought was, was pretty good. Fantastic. The only downside is she looked like a killer coming out. She did, but then she immediately got into a wrestling match match with Becky and I thought looked terrible. Uh, and not because of any lack of skill, but just because when you have someone who's wrestling an MMA style as she does, and all of a sudden someone's beating them with these wrestling kicks and weird corner moves, it, it takes away from Sonya Deville's legitimacy. And especially when you have people out there now like Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey, who can get in there and immediately make the match into MMA 
style. And didn't Becky get her into a disarmor as well? Get her into an arm bar? Yeah, uh, she tapped her out with an arm bar. Right. So uh, I don't remember if that was Mandy or Sonya. Either way, it's a matter of, you know, you're an MMA fighter. How are you going to uh, allow yourself to get put into an arm bar? That's my kind of whole thing there is, you know, yes, Becky was using corner moves and, and strikes, but at the same time, wrestling moves. But at the same time, you allowed yourself to get into a very prolific MMA type of submission move. <sighs> I agree with you. With Shayna and Ronda in the picture, you know, it's there. It makes it brings Sonya's stock down. Well, it, just a it little was bit. Mandy Rose that she put in the submission move. Mandy wow. Rose was the one that tapped, and I think that's a better decision than Sonya, who should not, who should not tap out to any kind of submission move if you're gonna if you're gonna have her be legit as a MMA style worker. Right. But it's, I, it's the worst time for her to be in the WWE Sonya Deville because she it does not have the legitimacy of someone like Shayna Baszler or Ronda Rousey. She she was never on that level. You know what I mean? So I, I fingers crossed they keep her away from Rousey and when she gets called up, Baszler and any of the other four horsewomen of MMA when they, when they get brought in. So Becky's going to Money in the Bank. Um, chances of her winning. Zero. <laughs> okay. I'm going on record right now. Zero. Next up, we had the, I guess, round two of the Carmella Melibration. Oh, but yeah, this was the British version. Oh, the UK. The, the royal Melibration. Oh, that's right. It had, yes, had the, 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 the town crier and the beef eaters. I, I loved the town crier. I he thought was, it was Yeah, awesome. he was good. He was fantastic. They should have given great. him a little more mic, but that's uh, whatever. Oh, then you had to give him the, he had to be loud. I, yeah. I like the way, I like the, I like the way they made it do. Yeah. They, they worked it. Here's what I didn't like. I liked Carmella coming out and running down the UK crowd. I liked Paige coming out and running down Carmella and getting a nice welcome home ovation and this yeah. is your house and all the rest. I liked all of that. I did not like what uh, their decision was as far as Carmella's next opponent at Money in the Bank is going to be. Oscar. Yeah. Uh, what? Now, you had issues with Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax. I have issues here. Because, okay. dear God, what do you do with this? You, do can, you, you can't not have Asuka win the title. That's exactly what I'm saying. But you can also, if at they this do, point... I'm fine with it. But, but at this point, can you have Carmella be that much of a transitional champion? Yes. After all this time? Yes. Really? Yes. Then you completely bury her. Maybe not bury you, her. You bury her. Well, what sure. You, what is you she only going have one thing for them afterwards? to do. You only have one thing for the women to do, and that's chase a title. And fine, that's but the only way who, they know how to write stories. But who else are you going to have chase Asuka at that point? Charlotte. Again? And Becky and whoever wins the Money in the Again, Bank contract. But then, but, and then, I mean, but then Asuka has to turn heel or something. You have a face versus face. Like there's, At this point, there's, really, there's no reason for her to have the, the, to be going for the championship belt. I don't know. I kind I'm okay with this. I, I kind of wanted Oscar's one of those that could come in. This this to me this is an interesting turnover juxtaposition, if you will, uh, from Ronda Rousey. Right? Oscar has been doing this for decades at this point, and it's a matter of someone who has been doing this that is a legitimate female superstar, very worldly, coming in and having a title shot. I, I get this. The the Nia and Ronda thing doesn't make sense. To That's me. exactly what the Nia and Ronda thing is. But Hang on. Asuka came in. She was an undefeated NXT champion for two years. She won the Royal Rumble. So it's just because she, she had her legitimacy within WWE that makes it different for you. 100% it makes it different for me. Okay, but what I'm telling you with, with the Nia and Ronda thing is, is that from a WWE, from a business standpoint, Ronda makes as much sense, if not more, than Asuka to different have that brand. shot. I was, I was using it as a juxtaposition. Okay. 
my point is that's the reason I because of her legitimacy in the business of wrestling and the th- the accolades in mere six months that she's already attained in WWE. I am okay with this title opportunity for Asuka. I'm not because of what it's going to mean for storyline going forward for her and the possibility, the very real possibility that Carmella will back-to-back have wins over Charlotte and Asuka. Do you understand how that is I understand mind-boggling? That. I that don't is, think that would happen. That is j- Really? I don't think that would happen. Earmark this episode and let's talk in a month because this could be the Jinder Mahal experiment of 2018. You know, it could. It's, you could it be absolutely very much right. Could. And I would, I would be as vitriolic as I was Jinder about Jinder last year. Jinder beats Randy Orton and Jinder beats Nakamura. And, and you know what? This could be this, this year. I so, have generally uh, liked the way that they've pro- progressed Carmella from Money in the Bank last year over the course of the last year. If that starts to happen and she starts knocking off all of the top talent, I am going to flip 180 degrees and be okay, really well, remember this because off. I'm telling you that's what it's looking like, and I can't believe that they're, they're even teasing wow. that that might happen. If Asuka wins, I'll be fine, and I, I'll see what they do going forward with Asuka as champ. Like, cool. There's things you can do. Yeah. I just and we're going to have a new Money in the Bank I champion. just think it's too, early. it's too early for that. That's true, too. Yep. I think it's too early for Asuka to be the SmackDown champ, even though I think at some point she absolutely should, should be. have a cash-in that night. I, Keep that in mind. And here's the thing. That's true. But here's the thing. I, I like Carmella as champ to a point. Uh, she's a good heel promo. She's serviceable in the ring, if not, you know, mind-blowing. But at the same time, you know, I don't mind this kind of heel champ. It's it, she's a more dynamic heel champ than Alexa Bliss was yeah. over on Raw, and so yeah, that's fine with me. It's her possibly beating Oscar that makes me terrified. Yeah, you're concerned that she's going to have wins over Charlotte and Oscar. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, all right. So we also had a debut on SmackDown. Finally, after weeks of tease, not sanity. Unfortunately, nope. Cien Almas, Andrade Cien Almas finally has his first match. It's a squash match against a local jobber. Uh, and I thought he came out looking nice and vicious. You had, you basically got a tease of the total Cien Almas package. Yes. You had him destroy a dude with some of his best moves. He immediately after the pin drops into the tranquilo pose, gives a little bit of the old Los Ingobernables in the WWE. I thought that was awesome. Totally marked out for the tranquilo. All he was missing was the Naito pulling the eyeball. And uh, <laughs> and then you had the Zelina Vega promo afterwards where she runs down everyone and says they're gunning for everybody. Everyone's on notice. Yep. Beautiful. Brilliant. Beautiful. Welcome really to well Andrade and Almas. Welcome to SmackDown. He's, I hope they have big things planned for him. Speaking of guys who her. you could plug immediately into any title picture. Cien Almas versus Jeff Hardy. I'm there. Wrestling pedigree. Cien Almas. All of it. Cien, Nakamura's out. Cien Almas is the next challenger for the, the, the WWE Championship. Might be too soon, but I'd still be... Cien Almas versus AJ Styles, I'm totally I'd watch down. it all day, but I'd have the same problem as I've expressed before. But you don't just show up and get a shot, you know? He was the NXT champ. He's got legitimacy all over the world. What do you mean... This is one of the guys you can absolutely immediately plug in. Going back to the indie thing we were talking about earlier, where these guys like this, you can bring them in with the pedigree that they have. Get in line. Once they get, get in me line. Samoa Joe, Miz, Daniel Bryan doesn't have pedigrees. No, get in line. I'm saying he's a guy who get, who get plugged into one of these programs and have legitimacy immediately if you booked it the right way while everyone else is... Other, there's enough You threw depth. in the if you booked it the right way that time. So yeah, Because if, I have I to say with that. that with anything in <laughs> WWE because everything is if you booked it the right way. Speaking of which, Rusev Day, we had a segment this week as well where uh, we find out that Lana will be facing Billy Kay for a Money in the Bank uh, promo for a Money in the Bank position next week. 
Uh, this is weird. They seemed like they stepped back on the Lana possibly breaking up Rusev. Maybe vibe. just pump the brakes on it a little pump bit. Pump the brakes on it, which I think they should do. They need to slow burn that more. That's a that's an angle I could see a slow burn on and give us new aspects to it every week. Unlike the Bailey clear, Sasha, Aiden English is responsible for the Rusev Day promo thing being over the way absolutely. that it is. So if you snatch that out from under him, that goes away. Oh, they could absolutely completely murder the Rusev Day angle with this, yeah. with, with whatever they're doing. They got to be careful with I'm, this. I'm ter- well, I think they've already botched the whole Rusev Day thing. They, they didn't jump on it when it was hot. They were putting him as the heel in matches against their top faces. And here we are where this segment, Rusev came across as a face backstage. Yeah. Uh, and Lana is going to be the face against Billy Kay next week. But yet he still got booked against Daniel Bryan as the mega heel last week. I mean, they're, they've absolutely they were getting Rusev Day chance up and down the place all week this week, of course, because but now the Rusev Day chants have become almost like like a CM Punk chant, like yeah, a like, like a F you. Prom- kind of- uh, it's, it's a it's a protest chant. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's almost like the meme has gotten outside of itself. It's 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 gone meta. Is Lana water in concrete, water in the crack, breaking up the concrete here? Is she going to be the dividing force? Is she going to make Rusev choose between the ravishing Russian or the the golden voice? I mean, I think we'll see. That's that's the impression that we get is that, you know, based on what they had initially when they brought Lana back into the Rusev day fold, she seemed to be a spoiler. Yeah. And this week they seem like they're all getting along. So We'll see, but goddamn, I'm nervous about Rusev. Just in <laughs> general, like, please, God, what are you doing? He's uh, fallen far from from driving out at WrestleMania in a tank. Just, you can't really get much match. higher than that. That was that was not a chain match. That was a match against. That was just a match against John Cena. I thought that was. Oh no, no the, the chain, chain match, match was later. Roman Reigns when he had Roman Reigns in an accolade. No, no, no. Oh, yes. was it Reigns? Yeah, I it was, was Roman Cena Reigns. And Rose? Okay, we're getting off track. I mean, I think he had a chain match against you're, Cena you're too. You're never going to top driving out at WrestleMania in a Sherman tank. It's it's just it, that just doesn't happen. I don't think it was fine. a Sherman as a anyway. Okay. But all right, moving on. One last wow. thing on SmackDown. Bludgeon Brothers had another little whoopie doo promo segment where they said they were right. going to bludgeon everybody and friends are useless and pain is whatever. I'm not even going to reiterate it because it's silly. This gimmick drives me absolutely insane. Shut these boys up. Put them in the ring. Make them killers. I, you know, you have them doing this stick instead of AOP. So make it work. Yeah. It's, I don't know who they're going to face they're next. They're invested they, at this point. They still showed images of the Usos flashing on the screen in this. I don't know if that, that angle is still even going on. I don't know what's up with the tag division on SmackDown in general. But uh, I'll say this. Uh, I've been playing with WWE 2K18, trying to oh build the rosters God. and all of the, the rivalries and everything in there. I honestly don't know how to rank the SmackDown Live and the tag team and the Raw tag team divisions as far as rivalries and rankings right now. Because it's a mess. It, it, I, I'm liter- You can literally micromanage every step of everything that's going on in there. I have no idea how to set up the tag divisions on, on either, either brands because I'm trying to mimic exactly what's on TV. It, it's impossible because there's no direction in either of these tag divisions on Raw or SmackDown. You just set the Bludgeon Brothers to 100 and everybody else just <laughs> randomized their numbers from week to week because that's basically what they've done. Oh. All right. Well, that is our rundown of Raw and SmackDown for this week. We certainly are. There's a lot of stuff up in the air. And man, there's some stuff that is that is just not sitting well with either you or me, Nick. But uh, we will see what they do going forward. We still have some weeks to money in the bank. Maybe, maybe, maybe things will crystallize and clarify and we will. Fingers crossed. We will get some things that we're happier about. But uh, in order to talk about things this week that we're happy about, we have to go over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. 
Starting things off in NXT, we open up with Tommaso Ciampa. We open up with Johnny Actually, Gargano's music is yes, what we open up with. Yes. And then Ciampa, brilliant heel work, walks out to Johnny Gargano's music to immediate overwhelming he booze. stepped on my great intro there. And I was going to say, Tommaso Ciampa comes out to Johnny Gargano's music and gets booed out of the freaking building. Yes, and it was genius and brilliant. Shortly followed up by Candice LeRae coming out and kind of tearing him apart after he makes fun of Johnny Gargano for a bit. This was this was everything I want in promo. <laughs> I like I it checked every single box going down the clipboard yeah. of everything I want in a promo ever. It was nice. It was heightened reality. It was yeah. soap opera reality. It 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 felt real enough that you could get invested but also heightened enough that it felt like you know, daytime drama. It was, it was one step from uh, Telemundo, uh, <laughs> Monstro, the telenovelas. So I, I was very uh, entertained by this for I, multiple I loved it. reasons. Down to down to Candace saying, "I thought I knew you." You know, oh, yeah. we, you were at my wedding. Son of a bitch. And and then and Champa saying, "I used to live with you guys, and frankly, you're more of a man than your husband is." Damn. And down to like I was sitting there at your wedding the entire time, thinking to myself, "You know, why is she marrying this?" And of course, as soon as he mentions the wedding, Candace slaps him in the face, which she's very disappointed in herself about, and gets out of the ring. And Champa rolls out the other side of the ring and waves at her and says, "Ah." I won. I got you. Got you to hit me. So, yeah, great little moment just to remind us that this is still the greatest feud in the WWE. This is ongoing. Gargano's still not back. I, I love it. Little subtle things like this. It works great. Somebody that I've been really excited about, if you guys have been listening to the show recently over the course of the last couple of months, is Lacey Evans. Uh, I've said multiple times they're going to strap rockets to this girl because she is that prototypical six-foot blonde and we got another squash match with, with fa- her facing off against Brandy Lawrence, someone I had not heard about. Was she in the Mae Young Classic last year? Nope. I have never even heard of her. Has a good look to her, but uh, as soon as Lacey Evans was coming out, this uh, this glorified score, squash, uh, squash match. Squash? I'm so excited about Lacey Evans. I'm stumbling over my own words <laughs> because this week she added even more moves to her already big arsenal of moves that she had. Uh, she did a beautiful, dare I say better than Charlotte's moonsault. Don't dare off of the second rope. Yeah, it was a second she rope moon salt. She actually laid out flat. It was she didn't land on her feet. It was a very very nice moon salt. Let's not get crazy. It was a very nice moon salt. But she followed it up by her new finishing move, which is essentially a straight right punch. But she's calling it the women's right, which I thought is a <laughs> that's a brilliant name for a, a heels finisher move. Hashtag me too. Uh, oh Jesus, Nick. What? Ugh, all right, I, Lacey Evans, y'all. If you're not on it, if you're not on the Lacey Evans, keep an eye out. Apologize for my co-host. As she was exiting the ring after this glorious victory, she's attacked from behind down the ramp by Kyrie Sane, who has no more pirate gear on, but has pink hair and purple. She looks like a Final Fantasy character that's, now. She always kind of did, yeah, but that's, that's great. This feud is continuing. Perfect. I love her and Kyrie. Uh, we'll see where it ends if we get it on NXT TV or at the next takeover. I'm all about it. Uh, also, we're having a continuing strange build with Dakota Kai having to overcome her fear of Shayna Baszler. This week, she's being interviewed about all of that and and is still obviously very nervous about Shayna Baszler. But then she gets confronted by Nikki Cross, who gets right up in her face and says, you know, basically fear will 
you, know, you face your fear. It basically. will drive you. Yeah. Yeah. Which was just absolutely bizarre because Nikki Cross is insane in and the way she's recording her at the same time. The like way right she, in her yeah, face. It, the whole thing was insane. <laughs> I don't know what they're going for here with Nikki Cross being the strange like motivator. Is this a pep talk? <laughs> I yeah. Is is she somehow the you know Go get him, Tiger. Yeah, you're gonna Come on, Rock, you're going to get him. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't see Nikki Cross as being the Mickey of the Rocky story here, but hey, whatever. Uh, we also had the match that I was salivating for all Woo! week, Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet. Okay, this was brilliant, not only because the match was fantastic what we saw, great mat work, and then you had a little bit of the flying, get a taste of what these guys are, are capable of together, but right as it was heating up, it got interrupted by Lars Sullivan who beat down both guys said, no, no, no. These guys are not in first in line for the, for the shot at the, at the championship. I am. And then later in the show, we had uh, the two of these guys go to William Regal. We had uh, Velveteen and Ricochet, both going to Regal at the same time, seem to come to an accord of sorts. And then both get set up for a handicap match against Lars Sullivan for next week. Dear God. So I love the fact that Lars immediately has heat by breaking up this match that everyone, including myself, was completely psyched for and into. Like the crowd I, erupted in booze before I even saw Lars Sullivan on the TV. Because like, they were like, what, no, what's... no, don't do it. Please don't like, stop the match. Yeah. Don't do it, Lars. And then he did. And everyone's like, oh, come on. And I, I love Lars... Not as much as you do. I don't think anyone. It's not possible. No one loves big men more than more than Nick. Mm. But uh, but I have to say, I I definitely had that immediate you know heat reaction of oh you son of a bitch when he broke up the match. But now I'm psyched for the match next week. I couldn't stop smiling. Great. Three I, of my favorite NXT superstars are 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 in a match now. A feud. Done. Yes, all over it. Sold. Uh, I was not so sold. I'm still not sold on Kona Reeves. He had a match this week against Raul Mendoza, who I think is massively underrated that guy is fantastic yeah. he should be on 205 live if i'm being honest uh at some point he will he needs i think more of a, a character of some sure. sort he's Don't just all, he's just kind of there no there's some who have too much character okay. in my opinion um but he you know he can work his ass off kona i'm still not 100 percent on i hate his gimmick i hate his shit talk in the ring it still drives me nuts when all he says every time is i'm the finest there's just the finest finest did you like his hawaiian drop Oh, you mean it's the just Sam- like an Samoan in- drop when yeah. it's, it's just face down instead of uh, face up? Right. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm still not in on Kona. Kona Reeves, although there's something about his look that I can see why they think that he is a piece of clay that they can mold into something. Yes, he's I, got the size for it uh, if he can if he can bulk up a little bit. And but. he's got to work on his character. I think yeah. that you know he's shooting for like a, a Hiromu Takahashi kind of thing, and he's just not there yet. No. Like Hiromu meets Ric Flair, and it's just not there yet. Uh one group who I think you know is there is Heavy Machinery. Oh, they're uh, destined for greatness. <laughs> these two, especially little, Otis Dozovich. Yes, they had a backstage segment this week uh, where they challenged TM61 to a match next week, which should be fun. Uh, and then we had the main event of NXT this week, which was awesome. And my match of the week yes. uh, in WWE, Danny Burch, Oni Lorcan, and Pete Dunne facing off against Undisputed Era, represented by Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly, you told me before this match, people are going to get their faces slapped off in this match, and you did not lie. No, this was this was all over the place good. I don't know how any other way to describe this. If there's one match you absolutely have to watch this week, it's this match between these six guys. And it was just fun. And there's so much story there, the, the rivalry between Dunn and, and Roderick Strong from the screw job. Hatred, yeah. And um, just Adam Cole just being a dick to everybody. And Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly, O'Reilly is the hero 
that we all need He's, that we don't that we don't know we Kyler need. Kyler Riley being great, but then this is the one that threw me off. Oni Lorkin was a hot tag. Oni Lorkin coming in the, the the final sequence of this match was I mean about five minutes of just nonstop action. The one time they stopped was when they had all three guys get into a submission hold at the same time. Right. Uh, and but only Lorcan well, comes running all, in. That was tw- the second time. The first time they broke all their fingers at the same all time. All of undisputed fingers, Eris fingers at the same time. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> which to me, like all the times the, the coordinated moves like that are a little bit goofy to me. Who cares? I was, it's inter- so I, was much fun. I was entertained. That's what I was going to go for. <laughs> but yeah, only Lorcan. The hot tag comes in like gangbusters. This match was tons of fun, and shockingly to me at least, only Lorcan and Danny Birch and Pete Dunn pick up the win. Uh, I didn't expect I that. Didn't expect it all. Danny Birch picks up a, a pinfall victory on Kyle O'Reilly. Wow! Number one contenders now, Lurkin and Absolutely. Birch. That, that's the reason. That the only reason they did this was to make sure that that uh, Lorch and Birkin, Lorch and Birkin, Birch and Lorkin are going to be the uh, the number one contenders for the United uh, Undisputed Eras. I'm all over the place over here. <laughs> Tag Undis- team championship. There you go. That's the one. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm 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 very psyched to see where all of this goes forward. I could I would love to see more of a, a feud between Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. Uh, but uh, it looks like Pete Dunn might be going off on his own somewhere, so we'll see. He's, I mean, we have, we have the whole UK tournament coming up this summer, so he's going to have his own things to do. One na- one last note for NXT here. Uh, is is Otis Dozovich the reincarnation of Macho Man Randy Savage? He does seem to be doing a little bit of that with his uh, speech Either patterns, doesn't he? He's been watching old legacy videos of of, uh, of NWA WCW for uh, you know a lot of it's like- his stuff. Yeah, it's it's like Macho Man with constipation. What it's he's doing? It's fatter, of course. Tucky, I mean, Tucky, Tucky, and his his very intentional kind of face moves that he does, and just his winks oh, and Tucky. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I could see it like a like a hick Macho Man with constipation. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way. All to right, put well, it. moving on over, we got to talk about two hundred five yes. live really quickly. So this was the the UK invasion of two hundred five live. We had all these matches where a bunch of the UK guys, guys who will be probably be in the UK Championship tournament later this summer we're involved some new some new pickups we got to talk about some debuts some guys that we've actually seen in the indies over here uh so we had to start off with tyler Bate versus tjp versus kenny williams versus kalisto in a fatal four-way uh the big story here was tyler Bate trying to get his revenge on tjp for for beating him back in the uh the cruiserweight tournament uh the, classic that's no the, the tournament that they just had oh, for the Wrestle, wrestlemania yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Kenny Williams' debut, the the uh, Mad Scott himself. This was a fun match. Nothing really blew me away here, but uh, I did like Tyler getting the win on TJP at the end. Yes. Great for the hometown getting crowd. Back, yep. um, we then had the big match of the show, which was James Drake, Joseph Connors, and Drew Gulak teaming up against Mustafa Ali, the champ, Cedric Alexander, and the debuting Flash Morgan Webster. Hello! What the... What, what is what? When did that happen? What is what? I don't what know. Is, what is what? Who is what? Why is what? How? Flash Morgan Webster has come. It makes sense. I mean, he's got the gimmick already built in. Yeah. Uh, I, I think based on his backstage segment, he's got to do a little more work in front of the cameras and with the mic. But, you know, it's he's a little pandering to the UK crowd, too. Honestly, uh, you know, in that respect, I don't know. Is he going to be a full time superstar on 205 Live? I don't think so. Probably take part in the UK tournament. Exactly. I think most of the UK guys mostly do their stuff over in progress and ICW. Yeah, and yeah. then they bring them over for, for, you know, for one offs here and there. Kind of like what they do with Mark Andrews, where he just shows up every once in a while. That'll probably be the case here. Uh, that being said, they do pick up the win. 
Uh, Flashborg Webster did get busted open in this match and was bleeding from his mouth pretty uh, pretty. He got heavily. blood everywhere. Everybody had blood on him, but it was all from apparently. No, I think uh, Kenny Williams also had. He got uh, a little one, but, yeah. but Flash got busted up. Uh, but this was a fun one. It was it was kind of a glorified showcase match, just showing off what all the guys can do. Um, but here's the thing. Here was the interesting aspect of this to me was at the end. Mustafa Ali pins Drew Gulak. Now, obviously, these are the guys who are constantly in 205 Live. As we said, it makes more sense that you're going to have your guys who are on every show actually build some uh, some forward feuds. Does this mean we're going to see Mustafa Ali versus Drew Gulak in a feud? And is that a good thing? I think these are the two legit number one contenders. I mean, I know we had the tournament. I know Buddy Murphy beat the shit out of everybody. But I think these two guys are the two legit number one contenders to the Cruiserweight Championship. I think these are the guys under Buddy Murphy at this point. Okay, Buddy, that's Buddy, fair. Buddy has the rocket strapped. And yep. he's also, uh, he looks, he's the most legit looking guy in the division right now. And he's got the the presence and the mic skills and the backstory and everything to make you feel like he is the scariest guy in 205 Live. But that being said, we've said we would like to see a Drew Gulak and Cedric Alexander uh, program for the championship or not, just because it would be fun. You know what? Mustafa Ali and Drew Gulak, I, ain't, I ain't mad at either. No. So, yeah, would love to see that. But uh, speaking of Buddy Murphy... Uh, he's going to have his match, his championship match against Cedric Alexander in Cedric Alexander's home state of North Carolina in two weeks. Oh, no. Not even on a pay-per-view. Interesting. I'm mostly worried about this because of WWE's track record on not letting the hometown guys win almost as a jab at the audience as to the local audience. You know, your hometown boy doesn't get the win. I, I, I question whether or not it's too soon to take that belt off of Cedric after the WrestleMania victory. It's been less than two months at this point. But at the same time, I as much as I love Cedric, love the hometown boy. God Almighty, it would re- be really nice to see that belt on a dynamic, someone as dynamic and as almost unsurmountable as Buddy Murphy kind of comes across as being. So I don't know how they dance around this one. It's kind of the uh, you could it's a win win either way. So I don't know how they decide to do this. If it becomes a long term running thing, are they not sold on Cedric? We'll see uh, in two weeks, but. I think after is this he too is, bland is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think after this is settled, then we end up with Ali and uh, Gulak being the number one contender challenge uh, to figure out who goes after Buddy Murphy. Uh, maybe I could. Yeah, I could definitely see some faces going for, for Buddy Murphy. I don't know. We'll see going forward. Yeah. There's a lot of options, and that's one of the reasons why 205 has become one of the best shows in WWE, even if the audience still doesn't seem to realize it, even though they're in England. A bunch of their London boys are there. Well, I told you before the show, it was like, if you told me six months ago that I would be absolutely crazy about watching 205 Live every week, I'd have told you you were nuts. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you guys, if you've not been watching 205 Live we say it every week for this five, six months this year, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Ever it's since some Triple of the H, best stuff going on. Ever since Triple H's boys took back over the show and they made yep. it like the Cruiserweight Classic in terms of wrestling first. Yep. And Drake Maverick is murdering it as the uh, as the GM. It makes it more sports centric. It makes logical sense. They start off. They started off this show with introducing you to all of the new UK guys that you didn't know by using like kind of like what TNA used to do, where they would put up the stats. Yeah. It's and like why baseball you, cards. Yeah. Why you should know these guys, and you're instantly like, okay, cool. That's their stats. Sports people. Love stats. Yes, I want to know the stats. Yeah, give me the stats. What's Why their, I watch baseball? What's their reach? What's their finishing move? Not yeah. like stupid trivia that they put up on SmackDown. Where it's like his catchphrase is blah blah blah. You know what I mean? He's from uh, he he is the he is the Viper. 
That's nickname is the Viper. Oh, really? I didn't know that. It's not up on the Tron or nothing. Right. Thanks for the stats, guys. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, that's 205 Live. Let's yes. talk about some other news. We got some uh, last-minute news and notes here. Lightning round, if you will, if you will, of notes on this show. New Japan first. Uh, new Japan has a new president, a new guy in charge of... Oh? Yes. Uh, the new guy in charge of New Japan, his name is Harold Mage. I'm probably mispronouncing that, uh, but he is... Uh, he's just taken over, and he's got a pretty long history of uh, of working uh, in with with Coca Cola, uh, and he's all about making companies bigger. And he's had a really good track record with it. He wants he stated uh, openly that he wants to compete with WWE. Oh boy! He wants to make New Japan an international product, and he wants to take on. The big boys finally planted the flag. Finally got somebody to do that. Yeah, and you know what? He has the pedigree to do it. I think, um, you know, given his history. So, very much looking forward. Uh, he's uh, he's actually he's interesting. He's not Japanese. He's from the Netherlands. Huh. Um, he's Dutch, but uh, he was raised in Japan. He speaks fluent Japanese. Um, yeah, and as I said, you know, he's he's some of his companies. He's more than tripled their stock when he's been with them. So Damn. very successful guy, but he loves pro wrestling. So well, hey, I know what we're going to be watching this weekend. The Battle of Super Juniors kicks off tomorrow night. Oh, it's tomorrow? Tonight. No, tomorrow night. Technically, yes. tomorrow. It's, t- technically it's tonight. I don't know. <laughs> Other side of the world tonight. <laughs> But yes, that starts off, and that's going to be uh, amazing. Some incredible talent there, and I'm looking forward to seeing who comes out on top this yes. year. Uh, in other news, we've got to talk about business news for WWE. So this is insane. I need, I need a minute here real quick. Earlier this year, for those of you that are long-term listeners of the show, uh, I, I did tell you guys that we had an exclusive insider tip that it was confirmed that WWE was going to Fox. Uh, that was before we knew that other people were even going to be in, in in the bidding process of this, this has now flipped on its head. Yeah. And went to two person bidding on this. Yeah. Now NBC has thrown $750 million at just raw at just raw alone. Just and let, raw and let SmackDown go. By the way, they said <laughs> they're letting SmackDown go to open bidding for other networks. Now, of course, NBCU is the parent company of USA where that were you have, where you have WWE right now, both raw and SmackDown 750 million dollars in rights in in viewing rights for one show that's absolutely insane and it makes raw more valuable than all their pay-per-views put together and to temper that it is to currently i think the deal with usa is about 250 ish million dollars for raw if i'm not mistaken is that right uh that was no the the current the new one is going to be 750 and that's going to be in in uh by october 2019 excuse me but you in this article that we read usa has also passed this wasn't a thing where wwe picked up and left usa passed on renewing them and i'm wondering if that was because of the amount that they would have had to counter uh nbc for in order to get and keep all of this stuff but the that's the interesting part of this for me. Not only is it seven hundred and fifty million dollars to go to NBC primetime NBC, y'all. It, WWE is going to be on primetime network TV. By the by the by comparison, uh, they paid thirty million dollars just for SmackDown back in two thousand and ten. So wow. that wow. is a yes. Wow. Uh, so but they're letting SmackDown go. To, that and, makes to, and Vince who knows, McMahon pretty. Who knows rich. where SmackDown will go with the kind of crazy stuff you have going on right now? Where you know. Five years for $550 million going to NFL for Thursday Night Football by yep. Fox. Uh, UFC for $4 billion. That's Disney? Yeah. Or so ESPN, uh, technically. Uh, for, by, uh, They're going to put it on Endeavor. the ESPN Plus thing, yeah. So. It's, it's part of Disney now. 
Madness, 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 madness. That's a that's a huge. Maybe we'll see pyro again with that kind of money. Yeah, um, that is pyro money. And also now with all this information, you know the stocks are way up for WWE. Twelve percent up pre market to an all time high of forty nine dollars a stock. Uh, and Vince, that makes him officially now worth as much as Ted Turner at two point two billion dollars. Wow, good God! So everyone who's out there saying Roman Reigns is ruining the company, everyone who's out there complaining about the uh, creative as we do. Obviously, it's not hurting their pocketbooks. The empty arenas, the empty house, show, house shows, people walking out for the end of the pay-per-views, it ain't hurting. It ain't hurting them. And, and they, will, they will continue to do whatever the hell they want to do because they're continuing to grow and be more and more successful. With this much money, one, I think NBC, I think the major primetime networks command a higher ad buy. So I think that's where they're going to get these, this amount of money that they're throwing at WWE, number one. Number two, I hope my, my swam, swam, whatever you call it, Swami prediction of they're eventually just going to put all of these on the network where we get to watch Raw and, and SmackDown eventually show up on the network with all this money coming in. No. I, I just I want that. It's, hey, it's inevitable it, that it's going to come. But it's not going to be as profitable for them by any stretch, especially with the kind of numbers they're getting for it now. If, if anything, that dream went up in smoke when this deal went through. I don't know. I, I think it'd be argued. Uh, I think there's there's plenty no to go around The ad there. revenue, the rights is $750 million, Nick. Sure. That, there's but no that way mean people are not going to watch it if they put it on the network. It's just one more way to view it. Right. So but I, it's going to take away from the viewing people. Like the whole reason they're selling able to sell it at this is because of the views. Smackdown is the sixth largest watched uh, ne- uh, show on cable networks, including news shows. Uh, and that means raw is even bigger. So the th- they need to push people to their live shows. That's why they edit it for Hulu. They want to push people to those shows to push advertising revenue to get more money when they do deals like this so they can make that much more money. It's not going to work. I'm not going to buy cable. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, maybe you're not, but apparently a lot of other people are. Right. Uh, in other news, Enzo. Remember, en- remember Enzo Amore? Yeah, that guy's had remember, a rough year. Yeah, well, the, you know what? Might partly be his fault, but at least not in terms of the court of law. His charges have been dropped. They were uh, never filed. They were never filed. There, so any hot water he was in legally has evaporated. However, still no real road back to WWE for that guy. Uh, who knows what's next for him? I wouldn't rule it out. You can never rule out a return to WWE, but I think it's a few years down the road. Speaking of which, Rich Swan also no longer with WWE due to domestic violence charges. He just signed with Impact Wrestling. He's officially going to go to Impact. Had one of the best WrestleMania weekends from everything I heard because he was involved in a bunch of different stuff out there, and I'm not surprised that he came out as part of Impact. I can't imagine he had a better WrestleMania weekend than than some of the other guys. The fact that he's still working and getting booked, and now with Impact, I think is the best thing that can be happening to him. Absolutely, given some the stuff that went down but here's the thing if impact's going to sign rich swan how long before enzo goes to impact that's a good point and i think that if he wants to rebuild his brand that might be something he looks into it's just a matter of if they're going to take a guy who can't wrestle and is a liability in terms of out of the out of the ring and out of the business uh activities it's just a shame he can't take cast with him oh did i say that out loud my I'm sorry. goodness hey uh, john cena and nikki bella's breakup is apparently a work did no you, uh, we will not imagine confirm. that it, 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 okay, this is the speculation. <laughs> Let's be clear here. Uh, as you can imagine, with the, the crazy kayfabe world of wrestling and the fact that these two have been the centerpiece of total what, total Bellas for the last it's couple of Divas years. Divas and Bellas, yeah. Divas and Bellas, right. Okay, so both shows. They're pulling a Kardashian. They're, that's yeah. exactly what they're doing. Yeah, well, so the, you know, Nikki Bella has openly said it's hurtful to her that people have been calling their breakup a work. 
which of course Whatever. you would you would say if you were in that situation, right? Look, yeah. there's no way to know. It's wrestling. We have yeah. no idea what's real and what's fake anymore. And they love blurring the lines between reality and fiction. We do not know if John Cena and Nikki Bella, if Nikki Bella did call off their engagement right before the wedding, or if this just this is just more grist for their reality TV shows. We don't know. We may never know. The bottom line is we're going to speculate because by God, it is so likely that it could be. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that's, that's, it's out there. Uh, And if anyone has any uh, inside information about whether it's a work or not, feel free to call us and let us know on our show. Probably won't talk about it, but that's cool. (laughs) Well, we might. And that's, it would be a big news. You Uh, talked about Charlotte popping one of her implants last week and she had to go have emergency surgery. She had emergency surgery on her implant, got that fixed and was supposed to miss the Euro tour. And right before that happened, she took a back or she goes during a botched backpack stunner. She ends up losing a tooth. So she had to go get emergency dental surgery. That girl is getting, uh, she's, she's getting put together like the bionic woman right now. Uh, she can't seem to catch a break. Uh, people initially thought it was due to a botched super kick by Carmella. That was a, uh, that was actually a rumor and not the actual case. Gotcha. Uh, people just like to, to jump on Carmella and diss her because of whatever reason they, they don't like her. Uh, Shane also in surgery news, Shane McMahon, this entire time since before WrestleMania has had a hernia. He finally got surgery for his damn hernia that he was, he worked that WrestleMania match with like a madman. So he had his surgery for hernias last, uh, this last Monday. He's fine. Now he's recovering. We should see him back on TV. I imagine in a week or two, uh, you, you'd know better than I would how long hernia, uh, recovery about takes. six weeks, six weeks. So because it's the laparoscopic stuff where they stick the poles in your belly button and go down there and ow, do it that way. Ow, and you see, you've ow. seen the picture of the doctors doing the little wands no, into your belly. I haven't. I try okay. to avoid hernia footage. Well, well, Nick. Some of the listeners may have, I'm but dangerous, not some insane. Of, some, some of these sick people might actually like to watch those videos. Doctors put online where they perform surgeries and stuff and open up. Belly. Anyway, what I'd rather watch is something like Mauro Ronaldo's documentary that's coming up called reason, Bipolar Rock and Roll. There's a reason people put pimple popping videos up online. Like, why? What sadist? Wait, what what show are you talking about right now? It's We're the, talking about it's wrestling. It's the YouTube wormholes we get into. Oh, God. Anyway, it's about a six week recovery time period. Okay, there you go. Uh, as I just stated, Mauro Ronaldo's documentary Bipolar Rock and Roller was coming out May 25th at 9 p.m. on Showtime. Very much looking forward to that as a fan of the man and very curious to see what's actually going on with him outside of his professional life. Yeah, there's nobody out there promoting um, openness about mental health and mental illness like Mara Ranallo right now. And it's, it's, it's inspiring uh, for people of, of all that suffer from all of these kinds of disorders uh, to come out and talk about it. So it's one of the things that I absolutely love, besides his being an amazing commentator that he is in the WWE and beyond that. Uh, he's also big into uh, basketball and boxing and all kinds of stuff. So, But he has always been a steadfast advocate for openness and conversation and, and having those talks about mental health and mental illness. So really looking forward to that as well. Yep. Hey, Ian, we had a couple of uh, questions come in from the Facebook group. Uh, one from Andrea Ward that I wanted to throw your way because I feel like I kind of already stated my position earlier in the show on this hit me um she asked she was wondering this she gets the idea of putting ronda in the big matches because she makes money and it's good for business gets that but would it not be also good for business to bring the people up from nxt in such a way that you get the main roster audience interested in them as well whether you do video packages or shoot interviews i mean does that make good business sense then then why are they not doing it is the surprise worth that much? Well, that's that's really the question, yes. isn't it? Like, yeah. and something that we've called out over and over again is the inability to bring up NXT talent in such a way to get them over to the main audience, and the inability to create compelling characters on the main roster, except for essentially accidentally. 
You know what I mean? Like they, they have a consistent problem with that. NXT has a great, it does a great job of building, building excitement for people bring coming in, whether they're people that, you know, uh, hardcore fans know like Ricochet and then they introduce them in such a way that gets people excited about them or building them up through video packages. However it is, the only way we're seeing that currently, let's, let's take a look at, for instance, Sanity, where they have these little vignettes that are getting shown on SmackDown Live, but it's still going to be about the booking once they get there. Yes, could they? Could they have all these aspects to get people excited about these new characters coming in and build them up to a level where they could be someone who gets put into a championship match? Absolutely. And like we said earlier in the show, they just don't do it. Yeah. And they're not good at it. Well, I think there's a couple of rare exceptions where they've done this well with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins coming up with the NXT Championship and debuting them in that way, making them feel like they're bigger than somebody that was just a call Kevin up. Owens debuting in the open, the John Cena Open Challenge as the NXT champ was one of the best examples of an NXT yeah. call-up, period, hard stop. Aside from that, there's a long, long list of botched NXT call-ups, totally. including, I would throw in, the entire women's revolution yeah. when they brought up Sasha Banks and put her with team bad. And they had, uh, they had Charlotte and Becky with uh, in team PCB with Paige, which was originally the sorority sister till they found out that was a porn site. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, real bad problems bringing people up from NXT. They do not have a good history with this and I don't trust them to do this. Another question uh, from our Facebook group, Derek Gator guy McCray. Oh yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. He, well, he posted that this famous picture of Adam Rose with his rosebuds. Yes. And among the rosebuds, you can see uh, before they they had any kind of uh, character and they were still in, in developmental, you had Braun Strowman, uh, you had Elias, you had Simon Gotch, Becky Lynch, and Carmella among the people you can recognize in the background. And Derek asked, uh, with all the Rosebud talent pictured here, could WWE be using No Way Jose in the same way to get the talent out in front of the WWE universe? No. And why is that? Um, how many of these people have careers based on the fact that they were rosebuds behind Adam Adam Rose? Yeah, none of them. None of them. They all have they all have careers today in the WWE because they are talented individuals. Has absolutely nothing to do with that. So if you look at the people that are coming out with No Way Jose, uh, there was something recently. Was it at the Was it at Backlash where No Way Jose? Yeah, it was No Way Jose came out, and then uh, Titus Worldwide and Brizongo came yeah. out, and just uh, oh, why are they coming? out? Anyway, the point is, no, they're, they're none of those people that it are didn't coming help, out. It didn't help Titus Worldwide or Breezango to come out no. with Noe Jose. <laughs> and in fact, you know what? The next crop of talent could have come out with Noe Jose already, and you will never know. No. You won't know until later down the way until you see a picture like this with Noe Jose, and you go, oh, shit, that's so-and-so and so-and-so. And then you'll know later. You won't know because it was enha- they were enhanced in any way by coming out look at, look at as one of the dancers. Look at what Braun Strowman looks like in there. <laughs> It's almost like looking at that picture. That's a, uh, he's a very big one, if anything. No, he, well, I say little. Floral but, shirt. Yeah. His but, nice uh, floral Hawaiian shirt. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, again, I'm glad we got to these questions. I'd like to get to them earlier in the show. Uh, that's something that we're going to be addressing going forward. We're going to try and get some more. Uh, if you're if you're in our Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook, we are going to have some more question and answers uh, and getting to uh, getting to our fans and, and, and interacting with them more uh, going forward. I do want to give one honorable mention, though. We'll call it the meme of the week to oh, yeah? uh, Frank V. Swistak II. Uh, Baron Corbin looks like the Venom symbiote is latching onto his very bald head where his Baron Corbin's laying on his back and his hair's falling down. It's that's fantastic. This actually makes my stomach turn that, to quality. look at it. It's it's actually <laughs> disgusting. Okay, I've got to look away from that. Well done, Frank. And we're gonna close out the show here. Thank you everyone for listening this week. Please do check out our Busted Wide Open Facebook discussion group. We've got a lot of fun things going on there, and we will try answering your questions a little bit earlier in the show in the weeks going forward. We uh we also have to say please come back and check out 
Our one-year anniversary show, we'll be discussing all of those things coming up next week, as well as our regular show where we cover WWE, NXT, 205 Live, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and all the rest of the stuff we can get our filthy little mitts on. Yes, also come give us a follow on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Come pick up some official merch at orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. And if you like this show and what we're doing, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar or sign up to do your very own shoot promo right here on the show. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. Wait, wait, Nick, Nick, Nick. No, no, you changed your you changed Oh, that's your right. Twitter I handle. did. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me try that again. <clears throat> but I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts. Ooh, and I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and you can still find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.